1: Another week of the opening kickoff, and man, do we have a lot to get to because last week wasn't good enough, right? Last week was high school game day week. Oh, we're doubling it up this week. Not only is it another high school game day week, we got college football this week, Lee Shervanian. Look, there's a big smile on his face. He's so pumped, he's taking a couple of days off. I
2: couldn't, I couldn't even
1: wait. You're on, uh, I think someone muted all our mics in some sick joke. Well, I was here, there and I you know go. you didn't do it this time. I can't blame I you I think those guys that came in on Friday night were messing around in here. Yeah, and uh, we'll get to that a little later on because
2: they do pick the uh, Bryant-Bank Player of the Week. I, I, th- I was so excited about college football, I actually watched some of the games this weekend. The Notre Dame game, North Alabama, Brent Deerman's first game, which turned out to be a loss. How about the University of Massachusetts? They had lost 24 straight road games, Mark. They play Auburn next week, and they won. They have a whole bunch of transfers on their team now.
1: A lot of confidence coming into the next. Oh,
2: absolutely. And the, you know what Hugh Freeze is going to say? They got a game under their belt. We don't. Mm. So, yeah, those were some of the games that uh, I watched uh, because I had interest in college football and I want to get a head start. I tell you what, you know, we talk about games coming up this weekend. Did you see the Thursday night schedule? Wow. Florida, Utah tops it. Missouri's playing on Thursday night uh nebraska minute there's a lot of games on thursday night to open up well i say open up we opened up this past saturday before we get to uh, some of the stuff that happened let's backtrack let's start with sunday some of the individual performances many of you may not know the name of louis lappy he's a 12 year old baseball player from el Segundo, california he hits a walk-off home run Actually, I was watching this game yesterday. Walk-off home run. California beats Curacao 6-5 to win the Little League World Series. He had five home runs in the tournament, Mark. Great, great uh, stats for him. And it's the eighth time that a team from California has won. Simone Biles, you haven't heard her name lately. Uh, she had been out of gymnastics. She started competing, I guess, three weeks ago. So yesterday, the 26-year-old Biles, arguably the most well-known uh, gymnast uh, in recent uh, history, wins the U.S. Gymnastics Championships. So I'm sure she's got her eyes set now on the uh, Paris Olympics. I do want to point out that Suni Lee, you remember her at Auburn, and she left Prior to her sophomore year, and and bowed out of competition because she had a health-related issue, which happened to be a kidney-related issue, she did compete yesterday and she won a bronze in the beam. didn't do didn't really participate in a lot of the events, but did in that. And then when John Ricchetti comes along, Victor Hovland, what a week he's had! What a two weeks he's earned over twenty-one million dollars, and he won the FedEx Championship uh, going away. And I do want to congratulate Fairhope's Grant Enfinger. This is an unusual story. His racing team has announced their ceasing operations at the end of this year. He went out and won the Truck Series race yesterday and qualified for the final spot in the Truck Series at number eight. Bubba Wallace, a Mobile native, qualified for the last NASCAR. All right, let's go to Friday night in high school. We had a lot of games going on, and, and Michael Bronner, who debuted as the high school play-by-play announcer here for WNSP. Michael, I can't imagine that you'll have many games better than what you saw Friday night at Saraland.
3: Yeah, had a great start on Thursday, too, with uh, Fairhope and Spanish Fort. Fairhope making a little fourth-quarter comeback. The game kind of looked like it was over. Fairhope, too. Scoring drives in the fourth quarter to win that one, and then Friday night was—it uh, was anarchy. It, it was just ridiculous, man. I—I I mean, I'm still—I'm still spinning from that one. In well,
1: Disneyland. I know the ending was just crazy. Uh, but he, he, talk a little bit. What was that environment like? ESPN's there, two just top-notch teams. There's a lot of excitement. i, I it had to have been a lot of electricity.
3: Yeah, I mean, and that's Lance already one of my favorite places to go watch a game in this area you know you walk over the bridge to to get into that stadium there's uh there's a different feeling walking into that place and credit to the to the Lipscomb fans I mean they they had the away stands filled that's a seven hour trip yeah uh for them to make it down here you know, the away stands were completely packed. They were loud the whole time, even down 24 to 14 with a minute and a half left in the game. They kick a field goal. Kicker makes a perfect recovery on the onside kick. They go down and score. I mean, there were, it was. It, it didn't feel real for a yeah. minute there. And uh, and then it goes to overtime. And, of course, what happened happened. But, I mean, man, it, it, it really w- – and that's – keep in mind now, the last two games that have been played at Spartan Stadium because the last time they played there was the state quarterfinal game, that overtime game they had against Homewood, which was like fifty-seven to fifty-six or whatever the final score was. Similarly ridiculous, uh, the away team makes a late comeback and forces overtime. So something about that stadium.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I was listening to your broadcast, and you're like, okay, they can make it a one-score game. They're st- and I'm like, yeah, okay, okay. He has to say that because yes, Matt. And then
3: and I then felt they're like, like I really did feel like. And then, then it, it happened. I was like, so oh, this is crazy. Like you could hear it in in when uh you know when Lipscomb scored the touchdown. You know, I was shocked myself. Yeah. I said, touchdown Lipscomb and we're going to overtime here. It, it really didn't feel real for a minute And there. then
1: Sarah Lynn had the one play in overtime, right, and just kind of basically walked it in. And then Lipscomb scores, and you're like, dude, this is going to go on all night. Yeah. And then the kid that had – I mean, you, you you hate to see a game like that in the way it did. Yeah. You really do. Cause, uh, but the kid made an incredible onside kick, and then, you know, had some big kicks, and then just, just got, got the yips there. But
2: – um, it was the first of our seven Sarah Land broadcasts on WNSP and the Crab. There'll be some on the Crab. Another uh, school that we're carrying quite a bit is St. Paul's and got to give them credit for their win over UMS Wright. And Mark, how about us being out at Baker and what they did to Theodore? Who saw that coming? The only 2-0 and,
1: oh. the only two and oh entity in the city, in the state, the opening
2: kickoff's high school game day. Josh Flowers, five, he counted for five touchdowns got to you got to look at the stat. they hadn't beaten theodore in six straight meetings i think the all time series i'm going to be off maybe but i think the all time series was like theodore 48 baker seven or eight and baker went out and won and we were there and we interviewed uh two of the players that were keys bryce kane had three touchdowns and josh
1: flowers counted for five touchdowns yep you mocked us out there you told us we were a curse and what we do all we do is win baby I put the mouth on us now. <laughs> <But> <laughs> so this week, good luck to—I
2: shouldn't say that because I don't like to take sides when we have local teams, but we'll be at Williamson on Thursday and St. Paul's on Friday. Well,
1: look, you guys made it personal when you called us out for being a curse, so
3: I'm for whoever we're going to, we're, we're going to see because it's about us. I'll, no, be, but I'll be doing the Williamson game on yeah. Thursday as well, so maybe there's a correlation there. There we go.
2: All right, I wanted to mention about the, the one story. I'm not going to say it's a sad story. I, I don't really all that time feel sad for athletes, but Will Greer, the quarterback who was once with Dallas, okay, prior to the preseason game on Saturday night against the Raiders, he knew that he was being cut, all right? You're 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 basically either told or you see the handwriting on the wall after Trey Lance was acquired in a trade from the 49ers. So all Greer did, and you wonder, well, what's his mindset going to be? Well, the Cowboys won. Greer went out in a preseason game, completed 29 out of 35 passes, counted for four touchdowns. His coach, Mike McCarthy, called it the best preseason performance he's ever seen since 1999. After the game, we'll see you later.
1: Well, you know, I've— would have meant more if he would have said it was the greatest performance he'd ever seen if you take the word preseason out of it but yeah i mean guy went out and he was essentially uh applying for jobs everywhere with that with that last performance hope he gets uh,
2: picked up i really do uh it was i mean he knew that he wasn't going to be on the team after that game but still he had the moxie to go out there and perform
1: well uh by the way for anybody that felt like it was uh 2011 or whatever uh, last night, it was because you were probably watching Jimmy Graham score touchdowns. How about that? It was neat to see. You know, he had the touchdown yeah. catch, but it was the catch before that that
2: impressed me yeah. when he went up in traffic and yeah. came down with it. And there was a lot of attention given to Jimmy Graham. Now, he didn't play that much, but when he did play, he excelled. I would guess. and I was pumped. I was, too. And I, I would guess that that's going to win him a spot on the roster. Yeah.
1: Because they are deep in tight ends. Telling you. You know, everybody, they were making a big deal at the end. By the way, they had plenty of chances to win the at the end of the game. I wa- actually watched the end. I turned it off for a while. And th- they were talking about how the Saints had never gone undefeated in the preseason. And they had a chance. To, I mean, I could care less. But I'm good with a loss right there. Keep them grounded, man. Don't want them getting too confident, too cocky. You can spin the narrative however you want. That's after
3: right. a preseason game. And,
1: well, in fact, they had two chances and dude threw two picks. Although, I like that kid. I, I, he shows a little moxie that, that, that third, third round. Yeah.
3: The good news,
1: MVP. The good news I like is him. preseason's over with. Yeah, thank goodness. I was kind of over
2: that. They start the season September 7th. The Lions taking on Kansas City. Following Sunday, a majority of the games will be played. So we get NFL football, but first we have college football.
1: I'm aware. It's going to be a good one. All right, so coming up. Coming up today, we got a pack show for you. We're going to talk to uh, the Citronelle football coach, James Rao. We'll tell you why coming up in just a little bit. Ross Jackson on the Saints at 7 o'clock. Uh, Kane Womack, it must be game week because we got the South Alabama football coach set at 7.30. Roger Hoover or the Alabama Radio Network at 8. Will Herring on the uh, Auburn Radio Network at 8.30. Uh, Here comes your scoreboard, your traffic, and your weather. A couple other topics we need to get to specifically of high school uh, football. There was an issue with the Blunt-Viger game. We'll get to that. And it didn't take long for Rush probes to grab some headlines over the weekend. God, I love football season. We're off and running. It's a Monday edition of the opening kickoff right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. Hey,
4: this is AJ McCarron, and you're listening to WNSP.
1: 6:21, boys and girls, just getting started here on the opening kickoff. Mark Lee Bronner, all in the studios of WNSP. I want to go back to high school. Oh, I thought you were going to tell us about. Uh, oh, all you're your,
2: right. You're, yeah. you're ahead of me. Okay, thank you. Um, talk about Dr. Christopher Mullenix. We got uh, the mobile oral and facial surgery, and uh, we'll be out at. Uh, Williamson this coming Thursday and Friday at St. Paul's. It's the uh, Mobile Oral and Facial Surgery Game Day Competition. A couple of things you've heard me talk about. You don't need a referral. Uh, All you have to do is just give them a call. They're located at 715 Downtown or Boulevard. Dr. Mullenix has been in business 20 years. I'd say I've been um, not totally near half of it, but say about seven or eight years getting dental implants. So take my word for it. Uh, He's terrific. Uh, Professionally, yes. uh, Personable, very personable. Good friend. I can say that now, and I can't say that often about people I've gone in that have worked on my teeth over the years. So I definitely uh, give you a recommendation that if you have any dental implants, anything else with oral surgery, anything at all to uh, pay a visit to Dr. Mullinex, same-day appointments, yes, in in all probability i mean if you call him in the morning chances are he does surgery in the morning he's got the afternoon that maybe they can fit you in so uh, i appreciate them coming aboard for our game day competition
1: all right you guys can jump in six nine four one oh five five rush probes back in the news they lost but in doing so during uh a, a heated exchange they were playing uh, a moody and i think moody picked up a personal foul he was trying to I don't. I guess calm his kid. Maybe he was just adding to the escalation. But he threw his headset at his own kid. Now, granted, kid was wearing a helmet. Headset broke. All in all, not a big deal. But when you put those words in the same sentence, rush, probed, throw headset at son. Yeah, it's gonna. It's gonna catch some attention. Wild story. And of course. His reaction doesn't help, which is, he's mine, and I'll discipline him. <laughs> How about that, Lee? Uh, well, you Throw your headset at your kid? I mean, you you wear, you wore headsets for years. You still do. Never threw it at my kid. Uh.
2: May have thrown it on the ground once or twice, but I never threw it at anybody. Used to take headsets when I did uh, speeches at classes. Never had to throw it down there either. But uh, it just shows me that Rush hasn't lost his his, let's say, his his feel for the game the his emotion fire yeah exactly He still got it still burning inside of mark uh it was a very competitive game and you know pell city's been down for a while so i think it was what twenty eight, twenty four. they got beat by i assume what what was happening was something was happening on the field and what his son was trying to leave the uh sideline to go to the uh whatever was going on was it a yeah. skirmish or yeah. something so you know that's what got his even is more fire going inside of him. but I, I'm sure. I'm guessing. I don't know the relationship between Rush and son, um, but I'm sure it's it's all for the good.
1: Do you think it would have been better or worse instead of throwing the he- the headset at him if he would have grabbed the kid and th- him and slung him like get get back on the sidelines and when he th- and when he throws he like falls like it looks like he like threw him down. Would well, that be worse?
2: Well, I don't know because this this way you know he's got to pay for a new headset right um, or somebody has to pay for it.
1: My guess is they'll be all
2: right. Yeah. I would have been neat to see him tackle him. Yeah. What's Rush now? sick in his sixty late sixties, early seventies. Yeah. Tackled his son. <laughs> see what on the field. I that
1: mean, short of a headbutt. I mean, it doesn't get much. better. Par- I mean, this is must see high school TV. I mean, how much fun it would it, would it be able would it be to go cover Rush or or Bron? How fun would it be to call a Rush
3: game every week? Get to interview him before. Try yeah. to, you know, le- ha- ask some leading questions. Sure. Farm for sound. Bites. Sure.
1: So uh yeah good stuff there and then the other uh the other side of the coin was there was a little bit of a disruption at the Blunt Viger game. Now, those there are saying there was a fight on the blunt side in the bathroom among blunt students that um I guess spilled out out of the bathroom and then I guess one thing led to another and people thought the worst. And there was a little bit of a halt there, but first of all, what are you doing? Uh, Why are we fighting in the bathroom? Have you been in those bathrooms? I'd fight to get out of the bathroom more than anything, but, like, what are we doing? So all in all, there was that. And and (laughs)
2: Friday on my uh, iPad, the the county actually sent out a release about how they're beefing up security, which as far as I could read, they did, and they had uh, quite a bit of security there. So things did not escalate into— and but it got worse. scary
1: because, you know, the players dropped to the ground. Pl- uh, people on the blunt side starts clearing the stands. So, you know, you see that kind of stuff. You automatically think the worst. You don't think, you know, somebody stole all the toilet paper out of the, the bathroom and started a fight. Or they whatever actually the have was. that? The toilet hard paper, I to mean? Hard to say. That's probably good. I'll I'll hold it if I <laughs> – uh, But thankfully, thankfully, uh, as it's being reported – all good just a just a, just a regular into,
2: fight between
5: students. you ever got
2: into these restrooms and like people will cut in you know they want to get ahead of you i mean even in my, like michael you can appreciate this i don't know what your situation is when you're in a high school game but during halftime my only recourse is to hit that restroom right sure and then you see these long lines out there and you know you I can't say I ever cut in front of anybody. There have been people that have been nice enough to say, hey, look, we know you got to get back there and, and, you know, go ahead. But I could see how fights could break out in a restroom. If somebody cuts in front or you, you think start, that's why they
1: were fighting. No, no <laughs> I don't I
2: don't
3: think
2: that, I'm not saying that's the reason i that you just asked, you know, why would a fight? I, I can I see where that can paper happen.
3: Theory is more likely than that. Yeah. Yeah. Lack of paper. towels. Let's, let's
1: go settle this. Like, man, let's go to the bathroom. <laughs> so ridiculous.
3: I'll be there on Thursday. <sighs> I need to stay out of the bathroom.
2: Good luck. You uh, you don't have to worry about that cuz they have one up in the press room.
3: Oh, good to know. How about that? It's
1: almost like we knew there was going to be trouble so we put you in a good place, Bronner. <laughs> we didn't want you to we didn't want you to snag any headlines. You know, it's been a while since I broadcast
2: a game at Sarah Land, but they have that jumbo screen out there. Do you ever use that to help you with a call? Do they show replays?
3: They do. They were pretty good with it, so I used it a couple of times to kind of see. Like there was a crazy uh, Lipscomb went for it on fourth down and short, tried to QB sneak, and there was a, th- a fumble returned by Saraland yeah. for a touchdown. So I used it to try to see who forced the fumble there. But you know, my my I got twenty-three year old eyes, Lee. I can see what's going on in live yeah.
2: action. Look at that it poking fun at me there,
1: <laughs> really hit me below the head. Yeah.
3: More and, so. And, and
1: your, your 23 year old bladder probably doesn't need to go run into the bathroom at halftime, do you? Eh, Once at halftime. All right. We come back. Channel football coach James Rao will join us. Ross Jackson 7 o'clock on the Saints. It's the opening kickoff right here on a busy Monday edition. Stay with us. Graham, look out, boys and girls! The Saints are coming, Sheranian. Saints are coming. uh, What? Uh, Let's see.
2: They open up with Tennessee, maybe eight on the Sunday the tenth. Right? Do I have that right? Sunday the tenth. Yeah, that'll be their first game. I was uh, look. I don't. It's not like I buy into all this, but I'm trying to think of the publication. I was reading over the weekend that listed the records, their expectations of the records for every team. And they actually had the Falcons winning the conference with an 8-9 record. And they had the Saints at 7-10. and 10.
1: I talked to a guy that might know a little something about the Saints. He's predicting 12 wins in a division championship. Some guy named Roman Harper told me that uh, yesterday. How about that? I'm okay with that. Oh, uh, well. I I'm looking at it not so much 12 but at least 10 i'm now if roman, if roman says 12 i'm, a, I'm, a, I'm gonna okay go with, with that i mean the man the man knows football he does so, know football uh, what did he say for alabama we didn't get into that we may get into that this week though on the
2: air all right let's talk to uh james ryle he's the head coach of citronelle coach good morning how are you today
6: Hey, good morning, guys. Doing well. How about y'all?
2: Congratulations on your opening win uh tw- 27-26 over Millery? Did this one come down to the wire?
6: Uh it actually did. You know, it was an up and down game and uh, you know, we we made made some uh mistakes early on. Had five turnovers in the game, which is, is is not good, but um got down 12 to nothing and was up, you know, two scores late in the game and you know, played some young guys there and, and, and made made a few mistakes. And, and uh, you know, we just got to learn to win. Our guys haven't won a lot of football games in the past three or four years. And so uh, we've got to learn how to close out games, and learn how to finish.
2: Well, this past Friday night, the uh, Pigskin compete crew selected your quarterback, uh, Justice Adams, as the player of the week, the Bryant Bank player of the week. Justin Adams, tell me what he did.
6: You know, uh, Justin had a good night. He uh, on the ground, he had 11 carries for 146 yards and three touchdowns. And uh, you know, what what I was most proud of is at the end of the game, when when uh, when our coaches are done talking, he stood up and addressed his team and and told them we couldn't continue playing like that and be successful, and and had to go back and work hard Monday. So, you know, even what he done on the field, I'm proud of, but his leadership off the field is what's really shined uh, uh, to me.
2: Now, is he a returning starter? Has he come in with a lot of experience?
6: He does. He's got about three and a half years of experience at quarterback, and so he's uh, he's been in the fire a lot. So, you know, we're looking for a lot of good things out of him.
2: Jason Rowell joining us, the Citronel coach. Is he more of a running quarterback? I noticed he had like 146 yards on the ground in comparison, and it didn't didn't appear to me that he threw the ball that much.
6: No, we didn't we didn't throw it a whole lot. Um, you know, and he's uh, he does throw the ball really well and uh it's just one of those nights where, you know, the run game I think we ended up rushing for over three hundred yards and it was just one of those nights where, you know, the run game was going and, and so you kinda you stuck with what was working.
2: Jason, let me ask you this. Uh three touchdowns in the game for uh, Justin Abs. Which one was the most exciting?
6: I think I think the last one was because he, he kind of ad-libbed there and, and uh, we were running a toss replay to the field and uh, he seen the linebacker backside over commit and, and pulled it down and hit the backside crease and went about 35 yards for a touchdown. So, you know, that's some of the things that uh, make you look like you can coach. You know what I mean?
1: I was just about to say, that's just exactly how you drew it up, right?
6: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like when 14 we had Malik Rozier and uh, – we had sprint out left, called him, he accidentally went right and went sixty for a touchdown and that's said, man he, he makes us look good.
2: What's up next for the uh <laughs> Wildcats?
6: Uh we travel over to Gulf Shores uh this week. It'll be his first region game of the year and you know, of course they've done a really good job over there and got a great program, so it'll be a be a challenging matchup, but one we're excited to go face.
2: Michael Holland, the marketing president of uh, Bryant, he'll be getting in touch with you, Jason, to come out and present the uh, plaque to uh, Justin Adams. Congratulations on your opening win. Yes, sir.
6: Thank you, guys, and what you do for high school sports.
2: Appreciate it very much. Two more games coming up on WNSP this week, starting with uh, Williamson this coming Thursday. They're hosting LaFleur, and we saw where LaFleur got its first win at the new stadium,
1: Mark. How about a big, that? A resounding yeah. win for them, too. Yeah. Uh, high school football, it's here. Enjoying it. And for the record, I mentioned it earlier, it bears repeating, uh, there are some undefeated teams in this area, obviously, after week one, but none of them are 2-0. and oh. Like the Dr. Christopher Monaghan High School Game Day. Off to a great start. We're off to a, a great start. We're setting the table for a stumble, but... We've been playing well together, good chemistry. The team believes. Everybody knows their role. We've defied logic. There have been the haters out there. People in the app talking about how we were gonna be 0-1, 0-1-2 and and or 1-1. 0-2 1. didn't happen. We gotta believe. Did you see in the uh, college
2: football game this week, San Diego State, Ohio, where the quarterback for San Diego State threw a pass over the middle, and it struck the official right in the face. Hmm. you talk about some of the things that happened over the weekend and it hit him directly I'd uh, have to go back and look at it at YouTube but uh it was it had a lot of zip behind the pass. Let me say that I you don't think
1: it was know, intentional
2: no I, well I don't know that i I have no idea I didn't watch the game I just just heard it and saw it so talk about injuries and things like that and again i don't even know if the official stayed in the game but uh san diego state winning their first game uh, 20 to 13 so i actually hope i was rooting for brent dierman north alabama but they uh, got beat they played up the Crampin bowl and they lost to mercer uh, by a score of 17 to 7 some of the games and of course anybody who watched the notre dame game against navy was so one-sided yet you know, it's not like I was rooting or had an interest, but I was kind of hoping. You know, Navy competed. They did against Notre Dame last year, but this game was really one-sided.
1: Uh, Bronner doing the investigative journalism that he's he's known for, uh, sent me an update on your um, Spanish Football Federation president. This is a heck, heck of an yeah. update. This, here. yeah, you're going
3: to love this. All
1: right, so the mother of said president, according to reports, according to ESPN has locked herself in a church and said she's on a hunger strike in protest of the way they've treated her son. You're talking about the president. Yes. So president's mom has said, not, you're not doing this to my baby. She went and locked herself in the church and said, I ain't eating.
2: Well, the story <laughs> last week. you make week. this right. Well, the story last week had it that the uh, Louis Riobles, Riobles, however you say his name, resigned. And then it came back that he did not resign. He was under pressure. FIFA has suspended him ninety days. So does that mean the mom's gonna not eat for ninety days? Good she luck ain't to eaten. her. She ain't eating. Well, he has been suspended ninety days. they basically asked him to step down. The The female soccer player, very upset that she was kissed on the lips by this guy during the ceremony. It has become a real fiasco in the uh, country of Spain.
3: <sighs> How long do you think you could go without eating? For whatever reason. Is there like a noble cause I'm doing it for? Whatever, whatever I, motivates you. Am I being paid?
1: Yeah, I mean, if it, if it's a monetary thing. I mean, whatever whatever keeps you from digesting food, I guess.
3: How
1: hmm. might be able to go a day
3: like like a day- like two days maybe i I don't think there's any way and can I drink water?
1: no, mm-hmm. I mean a hunger strike's a hunger strike, right? Well, I don't know does that include water i don't know i don't I don't think it's uh she she did say by the way, her protests would continue until and I quote the inhumane bloodthirsty <laughs> witch hunt which my son <laughs> is being subjected to. Comes to an end.
3: She's going to die.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So
2: is anybody allowed in the church? You said she locked herself
1: in. How do you lock yourself in? It's going to be a small church, church, right? Yeah. I mean, does that mean they can't have services? Yeah. I don't know.
3: We'll see how committed she is to this. She added, uh, there is no
1: sexual abuse since there is consent on both sides, as the images prove. My son is incapable of hurting anyone.
2: The, The girl disputes that. She did not say it was consensual, just repeating what she said. It's yeah.
3: going to come out that, you know, she has a bunch of snacks stashed in, like, the <laughs> bottom of the church. Cheese like goldfish. A, mu- a month <laughs> into the hunger strike. <laughs> little little Gatorade. Uh, maybe some Rice Krispie Treats. Like, when it gets really concerning and impressive.
1: Peanut butter crackers. <laughs> it's crazy.
3: She's been living it up in that. All
1: right, dish. I'm trying to figure out which church it is so I can see how if there are any... Uh,
3: what, are you gonna take a visit?
1: The Church of the Divine Shepherdess. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna see if it. I'm gonna do a quick Google search, maybe an image search, and see if it's one of these monstrosities or if it's like this little cabin. Images. Let's see.
2: But it's really a strange situation because, like I said last week, I thought the guy resigned. Apparently, he did not, and then uh, FIFA stepped in, suspend him. The 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 heads whoever runs this thing and of course he is the president of uh, the federation they've been trying to get rid of him the team complained obviously the young lady complained nobody wants him there except maybe the mom blood
3: bloodthirsty thir- so. blood witch on what a what a word
1: yeah. what a term. mom mom's upset mom's probably feeling a little lightheaded at this point but whatever all right, uh, it looks like it's a legit, like, cathedral. If this is the same one, Lee, that I means terrible radio vision. I mean, radio. So what does she put it like, uh, padlocks yeah, and so chains nothing, yeah. and
2: everything so nobody could get in? And is the, uh, let's say, the, who's head of the church, is he in there with her, or was he locked out, too?
1: I mean, I got the impression if she's locked herself in that there's nobody else in there that could... Or maybe she was just locked herself in one of the
2: offices or something like that.
1: Maybe she locked herself in the bathroom, which, of course, is going to start a fight
3: and spill out onto the field. Innit? Too soon. Someone said in the app, by the way, that you can drink water on a hunger strike. Huh. So.
1: Well, can I put anything in my water? Well, I think like crushed Oreos. <laughs> 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 can,
3: I, can I drink milk and yeah. have or dip Oreos yeah. in some yeah. milk? Yeah.
1: Is that still a hunger strike? Because that'd be my rules.
3: Can I Uh, drink a milkshake? Yeah. Like a protein shake.
1: All right. I'm going to make sure this is the same church. But if so, let me do a little. uh, We're going to take a break. We'll wrap up hour number one. During my break, I will work for you people. I will I will do some research and see if this is indeed the church. If so, I will put a, a, a photo in the app. It looks like it would be if this is the church, it looks like it would be a pretty large, you know, structure to be holding down by yourself. I'm thinking SWAT or the priest or whoever could probably um, breach the interior and settle this peacefully. I'd be throwing chicken wings in there after about 18 hours. <laughs> All right, raven up number one next, right here on the sports station, WNSP. Hi,
7: this is Jake Peavy, MLB pitcher and Mobile, Alabama native. You're listening to 105.5 WNSP.
1: Six forty-nine. How about California taking home the Little League World Series title? How come is it every year? I say the same thing about that. There's always a kid on that team, on the on, on those teams that looks like he's about six years older than everybody else. That you know, was
3: there was a the kid was, who hit the walk-off. Yeah, home run there's
1: right. always a kid. Even growing up, when you guys played park ball, right? There's always a kid on your team or a kid on the opposite team that looks like he needs to shave, or that's just a little bit more physically mature, and you start wondering just how old these guys are. That dude towered over coaches. Kid was huge, but he had a hell of
2: a tournament. He really did five home runs and I know what you're saying cuz I looked at him also. I'm like he he actually had quite a bit of size over most of the other players on that team. But you know what? Playing little league baseball in way back, the, the same thing happened. There was always one or two that were just head and shoulders above everybody else. Tell you we had a very fine athlete uh, from this area who's now out in Wyoming. Uh, still a member of the Air Force, Peyton Spires, played basketball at St. Paul's, played basketball at the Air Force Academy. He's on the line with us right now. Peyton, good morning. How are you today?
8: Doing good. Uh, just It's early in Wyoming, 540, but just getting ready to head into work.
2: All right. So what are you doing out there right now?
8: So I came and played air, uh, basketball at the Air Force Academy and threw Javelin, and now I run 157 Outfitters, which is a duck and goose hunting operation in southeast Wyoming.
2: All right, tell our listeners, if they're interested in making the trip out to Wyoming, and not yet, but uh, when you're taking, when you're booking, what's in store for them and why they should take advantage of this opportunity?
8: So if you want an all-inclusive trip out to southeast Wyoming, it's an easy trip from Mobile to Denver and then out here. Uh, You show up, we take you out into heated underground blinds, Everything's included from lodging, guns and ammo, to the bird cleaning. Uh, literally show up, bring your clothes, and we'll put thousands of birds, put them in your lap for all-day shooting and one of the most fun trips you could ever hope for in the waterfowl realm.
2: And to register or to get information, what's the best way to do it?
8: You can visit our website at 157outfitters.com. Uh, that's the easiest way it has all the information booking dates, everything and then you can contact me off 157 outfitters.com all
2: right so and this you don't start getting people out there till when when's the hunting season
8: so we start running we've we've booked some dates already but we really start running hunts about december 10th and then it goes this year till february 18th so we've still got some openings Uh, we're booking up pretty quick but the middle of december until the february 18th is uh whenever our season runs
2: do you usually get a lot of people uh, do you usually get requests from here in mobile the uh this area
8: yes sir we we really like to cater to our southern clientele who come out and we try to make it really comfortable as far as you know having these underground blinds we run heaters so even people that aren't used to the cold um we hunt in 70 degree weather with grills going so it's it's really nice for our Southern clients to come out, and it just feels like home compared to most of the other outfits where you know, it's not nearly as comfortable.
2: Hey, before I let you go, we talked about that walk-off from one in Little League. In your basketball career, did you ever score a final basket to win a game?
8: One time on varsity, I beat LaFleur with a buzzer beater. Still remember it every day, so I'll roll with that one of my best basketball moment.
2: Very good. Hey Peyton, it's good to catch up to you. Good luck. I hope our, some of our listeners take advantage of this opportunity. Uh, if it wasn't so cold, maybe we could get induce uh, Air Sports 1 to coming out there and doing some remote's out there.
8: Oh, hey, we can we can run some we can run something. You know, the weather's not always that bad. We get sometimes it's 70 in December, so.
2: Sounds good. Hey, you have a nice day. I hope uh, people avail themselves and again to go to where to register one more time.
8: 157outfitters.com. I have all my information there, and you can see the details, lodging, everything. So, have a, 157outfitters.com.
2: Have a great week, Peyton. Thanks.
8: Yes, sir. Thank you.
1: All right. We got some time. If you want to jump in, 694-1055. We'll talk some Saints coming up here at 7 o'clock with Ross Jackson, Kane Womack, the South Alabama football coach, going to join us at 7.30, Roger Hoover on Alabama at 8, Will Herring at 8.30. So, football, 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 and a lot of high school uh great unbelievable storylines after last week
2: uh getting back to the saints what'd you think of mark ingram yesterday he was uh when i turned it on he was he's working for fox now and he was talking about it. then they had him re- reunited with uh, mcgallister and elvin and kamara i didn't see kamara run at all yesterday did he did he even play no. Uh.
1: no i don't i don't think any of the starters uh played which uh which was a good thing because i think the texans did play uh, some of their starters so i thought um i thought uh winston got some good work uh, obviously Graham uh, was kind of the highlight of the uh, of the day dude that kid that kicked the 60 yarder at the end of the game it would have been good from 67 or 68 he he went right with it but dude absolutely crushed it
2: I'm trying to remember there was one or two kickers this week that actually did hit 60 yarders and I'm trying to remember I read the story and now I can't remember which kicker it was but there were some long field goals this week there's also some teams that like the 49ers remember last year they had uh issues with quarterback they're having issues with their special teams by the way cuts are looming now and a lot of teams have already cut down they got to get down to that 53 man roster and i'm sorry to see that jalen wayne was cut by the uh, cleveland browns Now, this does not mean he can't catch on with another team there's also quite a few alabama players that were also cut yesterday
1: all right um what was your big takeaway from Week One of the high school football season? We want to hear from you. Uh, typically, we're so engrossed with a lot of other things going on, but there were some, some really compelling storylines uh, in Week One here. The Baker win to me, and 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 the fact that you know we talked about
2: this, and Steve Norman sat in with us about being an underdog like this underdog. You had Steve mask making his debut on a team. That was what, uh, 12 and one 13 and one the year before Baker hadn't beat them in six years. And they, they really had not done well against Theodore over the years. And remember last year's score was what? 32 to three. Yeah. To come back like they did. I, that, that to me was one of the big storylines. I expected the Sarah Lane game to be very, very close. Did I expect overtime? I don't know if you can anticipate that, but that turned out to be a terrific game. And ESPN was very lucky. They picked that game.
1: Well, i tell you what, uh, and jeff kelly will have a lot to build on there because you get the win but you got some really coachable moments and teaching moments there i mean they they let that one i mean they were up 10 with a minute and a half minute and 40 to go and it quite frankly should have been over so they let them back in it great onside kick by the way that might have been the fastest kicker i've ever seen braun i don't know about you but that dude can move Um uh, and he was he had the uh he had the wherewithal to wait for that ball to go 10 yards. A lot of those guys will pounce on it before, you know, it goes to 10, but he let it take that extra bounce and then jumped on it. Uh, it was crazy. That game was nuts, but um, we got everything we wanted fr- uh, from that one and more. It was it was a lot of fun.
2: Like I said, for Michael, I mean, you know, two games that he had are incredible games to begin your high school broadcasting career you know with the, the fair hope come from behind victory and then what happened with Sarah Land in overtime and I Michael if I if I had a game like that today I'd probably have laryngitis for two days coming off that Sarah Land game
3: yeah yeah I uh I almost I almost fell down a couple of times during the Sarah Land game you know it was uh it was making my head spin but I'm here Lee I made it I'm still talking somehow <laughs> <laughs> two more two more Thursday and Friday so
1: those were I, I'm with you because uh, Baker by the way uh, we were at their Baker on Friday and Steve Norman we talked about offensive and defensive lines about how physical Theodore was uh, and how um, you know they don't have the size but they've got the skill at Baker and kudos to the both lines for, for getting it done because they they had a, uh, a firm grasp of that game for for most of the game I was well, following it on Twitter
3: how about MGM putting it on Williamson
1: yeah well, we
3: they're, knew MG- him they're, they're really good. Yeah. Now,
2: let's back up on that. I, I don't know enough about Williamson. We'll learn more about him this Thursday. Sure. But you'll check into this. I heard that Williamson sat out some players in this game. But you can do the research on that. I heard they did not have their full complement of players.
3: I'll get on that. And I'm,
2: Look, I'm not saying that would have deterred it. Because MGM is supposed to be very, very good this year. And that Jared Holland who's a south alabama commit uh performed very well i'm not trying to take away from the vikings but that's something you may want to look into as far as the uh, manpower for williamson
1: all right our number one is in the books here comes our number two we kick it off with ross jackson uh kane Womack also in hour number two continue with your comments in the app at wnsp.com it's the opening kickoff mark lee and braunner right here on the sports station wnsp 704, hour number two. Hope you and yours had a great uh, weekend. Thanks for uh, joining us here on a Monday edition of the opening kickoff. Mark, Lee, and Bronner on all in the studios of WNSP. Some of our major stories El to California
2: wins the Little League World Series, a walk off from Mountain by Lewis Lappi. They beat Curacao by a score of six to five. 26 uh, year old Simone Biles returned to gymnastics competition three weeks ago and yesterday won a record eighth. U.S. Gymnastics Championship. No other gymnast in America has ever won that many. And golf, Victor Hovland earned over 21.6 million dollars the past two weeks. He wins the FedEx Cup, got 18 million for that, and he won yesterday the Tour Championship by five shots. We had exhibition, uh, the final preseason game in the NFL, won by the Texans over the Saints last night. 17 to 13 Ross Jackson covered for Creston City Sports he's on with us right now Ross welcome to the show good morning
5: hey guys good morning thanks so much as always for having me on pleasure to be with you
2: all right let's as the Saints look ahead now to the regular season what do you think they accomplished during the preseason
5: I think they got a good look at their roster. I mean, that's uh, kind of the, the, the biggest point that you're looking for over the course of the offseason, these preseason games, uh, is that you want a kind of a holistic look at what you have so that you can really be able to take the time to sit down and select the the best 53. And I think the Saints got a good look at a lot of players, and they were aided by the uh, the fact that you didn't have to cut down you know, five after the first week, another five after the second week. They got to hold on to those guys, so you got a good look at you know everybody for for multiple multiple games, multiple weeks, all of that. So I think that was a big part. The other thing that you really saw was uh, them take some steps forward where they really needed to take some steps forward, particularly last night, going from uh, a combined 23 penalties for 222 yards over the first two games to just two for 15 uh, against the Houston Texans with you know second and third unit or, or level units and so i think that was big for them too to just kind of see the team discipline take a big step in the right direction ahead of the regular season as well
2: the fox broadcasting team really played up jimmy graham is he assured a sure to spot on the roster now
5: yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't know how you don't give him one. I mean, I think Lucas Curl had a nice night last night. Uh, obviously, seven catches, 106 yards, and his, his catch percentage probably should have been higher than it was, but I don't put that on him. I think Jake Hanner just had a little trigger happy toward the end of the game there yeah. when the pressure was up. But um, I, I do think that when you look at Jimmy Graham and the value that he brings as a special team, excuse me, as a red zone target, which is a place where the Saints struggled on offense last year. Uh, that keeping Jimmy Graham is in line with the rest of the moves that the Saints have made over the course of the offseason and designating where they struggled on the offensive side, where they came up short on the offensive side in 2022, and making the additions to make a difference in 2023. I think he falls into that category. For
1: them. Man, that first catch he had, though, or the big catch, the one where he went over the guy, I, I mm-hmm. can't remember the last time I cheered that much for a backup tight end in a
5: preseason game. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was something else. I mean, even just the out route on the first play of the game where you yeah. caught it you could hear the Superdome go absolutely nuts um over that and 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 look i mean that's such a special moment for jimmy that's a special moment for uh for for saints fans everywhere um you know in new orleans and beyond and so I think that there is maybe a little bit of sentimentality that's connected to, you know, the the kind of uh, look at Jimmy Graham. But I don't think that's negative at all, especially when he's out there still making plays. I mean, his ability to go up and make that big 25-yard catch, then follow it up with that three-yard touchdown where he boxed out the, the, yeah. the small corner uh, over on the outside. Those are the things that are, are the patented Jimmy Graham specials, if you will, and things that he uh, can still contribute and things the Saints can still benefit from.
1: Russ
2: Jackson joins us from Crescent City Sports, covers the Saints. Russ, since we don't see much of the first-string offense, much at all, do you think going into this first game against Tennessee uh, a week from, well, this Sunday, that they're a better team, at least on paper, than last year?
5: Yeah, I think they're a better team on paper than they were last year. I am going to be a little bit interested, though, in seeing – uh, the the starters not playing in the third preseason game means that when they take the field September 10th, they haven't done anything together since the first – or they haven't done anything together in live game action since the very first drive of the very first preseason game. and I'm really, really interested to see – how that is going to impact them, especially with the the two weeks that happen here in between, Um, you know, the final preseason game and the first regular season game. So that is one thing I'm a little bit kind of wary of, if you will. Uh, But I do think that roster-wise, assuming that this team could stay healthy going into into week one, uh, that they will be better on paper this year than they were uh, last year, for sure.
1: Ross, your thoughts on Jake Hayner? I, I like the kid. I mean, I, obviously he missed on some throws. He made some bad decisions, but I I just feel like he's kind of a scrappy guy. Extends plays, moves around well. I mean, he's I I, I mean, I don't expect him to be a starter anytime soon, but uh, right. but but I I I, I kind of like this kid.
5: Yeah, I think he's got a lot of qualities that that you should like, and 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 there's a lot about his you know kind of resilience and in the way that he like kinda doesn't give up and continues to push and I mean look in the NFL as a quarterback you don't have a choice, right? I mean, it, you make a mistake, you gotta be able to forget and go back out there. I just think that, you know, you saw the youth. You saw the youth a lot. Yeah. Um bad decisions. Um some 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 uncharacteristically bad place throws as well. Like ball placement's kind of been one of those things that we've lauded around him over the course of uh training camp. So I think you saw you know, two out of three weeks of the preseason and not a very good uh, example of what he showed during camp, which means that once you get into that live action, things just kind of change, right? The speed of the game is different, stuff like that. He's got a lot of growth ahead of him. He's got a lot that he's going to, You know, a lot of areas where he can improve and that I expect that he will improve moving forward. But look, the the reality for a guy like Jake Hayner isn't that you're looking at somebody to become the next starting quarterback post-Derek Carr. You're looking for a really solid, you know, long-term backup, basically. And if he can be that, then great. Um, And there's going to be some bumps along the road. But, you know, look, the Saints have their QB2 in Jameis Winston. They know, you know, at least right now, Um, They know that they have the veteran guy that's going to be back there. So Jay Kaner gets the kind of relaxation of being the emergency third quarterback all season, continuing to learn, continuing to develop, and then he'll get an opportunity to go out there and showcase what he can do again uh, over the preseason next year.
2: You know, you look at backup quarterbacks, we were looking at, what, a couple of years ago, or last year, Ian Book, then he, I saw, was on Philadelphia. They just cut him. So the life of a backup quarterback can, well, take a look at Chase Daniels. How many teams has he been on? Since he backed right, up, Yeah, yeah. And how
5: much money has he made? Right? Like, yeah. like if you can stick around, and if you can, and if you're you're lucky enough to be the guy that bounces from team to team and spends multiple years. Uh, on each of those teams and you you got a nice life as a backup quarterback especially if you never hit the field uh but you know for for maybe some of these younger guys that haven't shown the the type of immediate success or immediate development sort of like what we've seen with the book that that things can get a little tough for sure
1: and so ross i gotta ask about blake groupie too because he 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 attempted a 60 yarder it looked like he hit it to canal street i mean dude just bombed it he's got to be kicking for for somebody somewhere this year right
5: yeah, I think so. I think he'll end up somewhere. I've had a few folks ask me if the Saints would try to bring him over to the practice squad and things like that. Uh, like, I, I don't think that you burn a practice squad spot, especially with game day elevations now being a thing, um, you know, on a kicker that will probably eventually get poached. But. I, I do think that he's put, you know, not just in this preseason game. I, I know he missed the 60-yarder, the but, he, you know, he drilled the 30-yarder, drilled the 50-yarder right down the middle. Those are higher percentage, yeah. more likely to be kicked kind of kicks than a 60-yarder. A 60-yarder is usually a desperation kick. Uh, in the regular season, but it was great to see him be able to get that opportunity there so he could kind of show, like, what is his range and and, and what he he can do. Uh, Came up short for him there, or or not short, but came up wide right for him there. Uh, But I I do think that he's a guy that's shown enough, especially with so many teams, just itching for a kicker in the NFL right now. um, Him getting the opportunity to be able to showcase that, I, I think he'll be one of the 32 here in 2023.
2: Are you confident the Saints will win the NFC South?
5: Uh, No, no, I wouldn't say that I'm confident uh, about it, but I I think that they should win the NFC South, and I think that they're in position to win the NFC South. Uh, There's a lot of things that are going to happen, a lot of things that are going to change between now and, well, I was going to say between Week 18, but uh, a lot's going to change between now and Week 8, right? So we have to see exactly how everything shakes out, so I probably wouldn't attach confidence to it, but I'll attach the expectation to it. Um uh, like I said, I think that this team has vastly improved from where they were last year, especially at the quarterback position. Uh, and that team last year still won seven games and, and was in play to win, you know, a few more than that. Had a couple of one possession losses, the the London game on the, the sixty two yard field goal all that uh, I, I think that this team is better and therefore should win more games but we have to see if they actually are able to put together the execution which is where they came up short last year
2: all right and then I look at Carolina I can't see them winning new quarterback new coach can't see Tampa Bay winning Baker Mayfield now installed a quarterback they lost a lot so the only team that I see out there is Atlanta and I just I just can't wrap my hands around Atlanta why why would Atlanta be the team let's say that could beat out the Saints
5: uh, much improved defense extremely easy schedule easier than the one that the Saints have which was the second easiest schedule uh, in the NFL you have a second year on a, a really talented young quarterback that maybe is prone to mistakes maybe isn't we'll have to see once he actually gets out there uh, and I think it uh you know I think the biggest thing for me when it comes to Atlanta though is their improved defense so you haven't really got an opportunity to see it here over the course uh, of the preseason but definitely not a team that I would rule out and I really wouldn't rule out the Carolina Panthers either. I mean, look, it's all going to it's all going to go by the 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 sort of trajectory of bryce young right if bryce young you know turns a corner within the first four weeks and and looks like a starting nfl quarterback then all of a sudden that's a dangerous team with again a really really good defense and one of the best pass rushers in the nfl and brian burns and one of the best playmakers on the defensive side in jeremy chin in terms of his ability to be able to move around and be versatile and all the other things that he does so uh, i think that both of those teams are teams that I think you look at preseason and go, yeah, I don't see it. But then you look at, you know, eight weeks into the season and go, oh, okay, there's something there at the very least. And so, um, you know, I, I do think, though, that my confidence, you know, my lack of saying, yeah, I'm confident that the Saints will win the NFC South doesn't really come down to how good the other teams are in the division. It's can the Saints get out of their own way? Because it wasn't a lot of teams that beat the Saints last year. It was the Saints beating the Saints a lot last year. And so they have to be able to get out of their way. And, um, you know, the self-inflicted wounds, the the, the the errors that cost them games, things like that, they have to be able to, to get past that. And, and being that we've only seen the first team of this team for one drive so far, particularly on the offensive side, I guess you could say one and a half on the defensive side got to answer that question because we still don't have an answer to that question yet will they get out of their own way in 2023 i think that that's maybe the biggest factor into whether or not they can win this division Ross
1: you're not going to bring me down you're not you're not going to do it so no, tell, no, no, tell
5: I shouldn't i shouldn't like i said they should win yeah. they should win but but you know if i'm asked to attach confidence to it i'm not going to i can't do that because the NFL changes on, you know, I would say a week-by-week basis, but it's more like an hour-by-hour basis now, thanks to Roger Goodell, and the way that they've kind of structured this uh, this, this this calendar. Uh, so, so no, I'm not here to bring anybody down or anything like that. There's a lot to be excited about when it comes to this team, but just, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's like, it, it's been the preseason that's great, it's out of the way now, and now let's see how the regular season goes.
1: All right, with that said, tell everybody how they can follow your coverage of this Super Bowl season for the
5: Saints. Yeah, if you want to follow uh, follow on with my coverage all the way from New Orleans (laughs) to Las Vegas, uh, you can go ahead and check out uh, the Locked on Saints podcast, which is free and available uh, on YouTube, as well as all of your podcast platforms. Just search Locked on Saints. You can find all the written work over at Saints News Network, Saints.media, and of course, you can find it all in one place at Ross Jackson, NOLA, and OLA.
1: Hey, man, have a great week. Thanks for the time. We appreciate it.
5: Thanks, guys. All right, back at you. Y'all take care. Stay safe, and I'll talk to
1: you soon. All right, that's scoreboard traffic and weather up next. We'll uh, visit with George Spurlock here, our team of the day. Uh, Kane Womack will join us, South Alabama football coach at 730. Roger Hoover on Alabama at 8, and Will Herring on Auburn at 830. We're just rolling along here on a very busy Monday edition. Stay with us right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com.
9: Hi, this is Dan Jennings with the Washington Nationals and you're listening to WNSP Sports Radio
3: 105.5. When this old world starts getting me down and people are just too much for me to face I climb way up to the top of the stair, and all my cares just drift right into
1: 25. welcome back in it's the opening kickoff the mark lee and Bronner in the studios of wnsp you heard the voice wnsp's team of the day presley roofing man we're just starting the season but presley roofing in mid-season form george spurlock joins us here on wnsp george good morning sir
10: hey mark how are you this morning
1: we're great. Okay, so the heat dome seems to be moving on, so now the uh, the Gulf seems to be picking up with some, uh, some weather stuff there. You guys are ready. You're on it. Tell us how we can prepare for the oncoming onslaught of hurricane season.
10: Yeah, well, we've been on a theme the last three weeks of preventative uh, work on your roof, and one of the things I want to talk about this morning is keeping your roof top clean, clean keeping those valleys cleaned off. We can get a lot of debris pine straw leaves limbs things like that and they get trapped in those valleys and they'll hold moisture and they'll begin to deteriorate your your shingles and certainly that leads to a roof leak so we recommend at least every few months if you can if your roof's not too steep get up there take a blower blow it off clean your gutters out and if you need help with that, you can certainly call us, and we're happy to come and do that also for you.
1: All right, George. So uh, there are a number of preventive, uh, other preventive measures you can take, and you guys come out and do some free estimates. What's the best way for people to contact you guys?
10: Yeah, as always, just call Miss Samantha at the office at 457 98 or you can visit the website presley roofing and
1: want to also point out that uh when you call you will talk to george i know this is something that you stress you speak to every customer that you guys work with at presley roofing
10: yeah we just want to provide the best personalized service we can and so make sure everyone understands what we do how we do it and how we can best help them out
1: george we certainly appreciate you and presley roofing coming on as wnsp's team of the day we'll be in touch sir thanks so much
10: Thanks, Mark. Have a
1: good one. All right, that's George Spurlock, Presley Roofing. Uh, They've been in the business since 1949. They're not going anywhere. They're a third-generation roofing contractor in Mobile. Anything you need, they can do it. Re-roofing, roof repair. They do residential and commercial roofing. So make sure you give George and the fine folks at Presley Roofing a call. Uh, we have some time if you want to jump in at uh, 694-1055. We're getting ready to talk to the South Alabama football coach, Kane Womack. They got a big one uh, this Saturday on the road. Uh, I believe it's being televised on ESPNU. Uh, so if you can't make the trip, but this is exactly the type of game you want. Top 25 opponent within driving distance. Man, I'm pumped up for this one.
2: I am too. And I was telling somebody yesterday because they asked me about, well, is UMass very competitive against Auburn I said it shouldn't be uh and Middle Tennessee we don't expect to really be that competitive against Alabama but we certainly expect the South Alabama Tulane game to be one of the more competitive games I would think on paper going into that first weekend it's just, I think six o'clock as you mentioned ESPNU I'm really looking forward to this we want to see just you know have the Jags coming off that 10 and 3 season and Just what do they have, and who better to tell us than uh, Kane Womack, who is scheduled to join us in the next segment.
1: All right, uh, we'll do that. Roger Hoover at 8, Will Herring at 8.30. Continue with your comments in the app at WNSP.com. It's the opening kickoff here on a Monday edition. Stay with us. 732 here on a busy Monday. Thanks for hanging with us. Hope you and yours had a happy and safe weekend. We're back at it here on the opening kickoff. Segment brought to you by South
2: Alabama Athletics, connecting the city to the campus, Hancock-Whitney Stadium. Hopefully will be filled to the rafters September 9th for that home opener. Get your tickets at usajaguars.com slash tickets well yesterday the south alabama volleyball team beat tulane we hope that we're talking about a jag win over tulane next monday and who better to inform us on that the head coach of the south alabama jags kane womack good morning coach how are you today
11: doing great glad
7: to be on
2: with you guys oh we're so glad to have you back with us and looking forward to as many times as you have time to join us to talk about this coming season Coming off a 10-3 and season, we'll get into fall camp and all that kind of stuff, but I'm sure our listeners, because many are going to the uh, game on Saturday, would like to know your thoughts on the first game against Tulane because they also had a great season last year, finishing off with that bowl win over Southern Cal.
7: Yeah, you know, uh, first off, I mean, I'm, I, I think, uh, really uh, excited for our fan base and, and excited for the fans that uh, they get to. Uh, come and and be a part of this matchup. I mean, you know, this is one of the the best group of five matchups in all of college football, and it just happens to be in week one, and it's really exciting. Um, You know, certainly two uh, uh, really good teams um, that that both have a lot of uh, returning players. And, you know, you think about Tulane, obviously uh, had a tremendous season last year. You know what Willie Fritz has done uh with that program really is impressive um I've known Willie for a long time uh my dad has known willie for for a very long time and he's always been a very um you know he's just been successful wherever he's been and he does it the right way and and uh impressed the more that I watch them on film and get prepared for that game um but then certainly uh impressed with with our team and and pleased with the uh, some of the growth that I've seen from us a year ago, you know, we've said this before, but um, we're, we're proud of some of the things we accomplished last season, but certainly we left things on the table. I think we're probably more focused on the three losses than we are the ten wins in terms of how can we make this team better, and, and hopefully we've put ourselves in position to do that um, here this Saturday.
2: We know that South Alabama returns a lot, of the nucleus of last year's great team. What about Tulane? From what you have seen, from what you have seen yeah. on film and everything, do they have much of their team back from last year, or are they relatively uh, uh, new?
7: Think, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a great question. I mean, it's it's really by position um, that they have some, some certain depth, and then others. You know, it's a it's a pretty good change uh, to to their roster. Um, obviously, probably the most notable loss was Tajay Spears, their running back that played. Um, in the senior bowl which when you see him firsthand uh you're very thankful that we don't have to play him uh this year i think they have a, a number of other running backs that they're, they're they're excited about um but uh but at at the o line position i think they return four or five starters um, lost a couple tight ends lost a couple wide receivers uh but but the guy that that I think is is probably the nucleus of that side of the ball is is michael pratt there uh their quarterback he is uh you know i think a four and a half year starter or something like that with covid uh does a tremendous job you see him take a lot of hits i mean he takes some really some brutal hits uh at times in the pocket and just keeps keeps rolling um does a good job with his feet. He's probably uh, really, uh, you know, I wouldn't say when he gets out in open space he's going to make a bunch of people miss, but in the pocket, I think he does a really great job of escaping the pocket and and frustrating the defense to get six, seven, eight, ten yards um, on that side. And then from a defensive perspective, um, a lot back on the defensive line, a lot back at the corner position, um, lost two really great players uh, at the linebacker position last year. Both of those players are playing in, in NFL camps right now uh, and then lost three safeties. So, uh, you know, they tried to address some of those needs in the transfer portal, and then they've certainly got some younger, talented guys that are going in there as well. So uh, both, you know, both teams returning uh, a good bit of talent uh, coming back.
1: He's Kane Womack. He's the head football coach at South Alabama. He joins us here on WNSP. Coach, I asked the hard-hitting questions, but apparently I'm not the only one. So you were recently asked a hypothetical question that I think our listeners might really be uh, interested in knowing the answer to. Uh, I think you know what I'm referring to. Uh, a, a guy that, I, yeah. that used to do radio with me here in, at WNSP asked, was a part of this, which would explain how serious this conversation was. So you, <laughs> you, you, start, uh, you start on the 30-yard line with a stake yeah. tied to your back. There is a Jaguar that starts in the opposite end zone. If you beat the Jaguar to the end zone, you're guaranteed an undefeated season and a college football playoff appearance. Do you do it?
7: Yeah, uh, that was a, that was a pretty good, pretty good question. Pretty good hypothetical. So, you know, I'm a, I'm an analytics guy, right? As (laughs) as our fans well know, right? I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, test the numbers and go through it. So, you know logistically in my brain i'm thinking okay if i've only got 30 yards to go and i've got a 70 yard head start right we're talking about a jaguar right so right. obviously he's moving assuming that i don't slip and all those things right uh you know that i think i can make it um and then then i get a text message afterwards that you know somebody said that uh that a jaguar can move like uh, I think he can move like 35 yards in a second or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it made me, it made me question my decision at that point. I, I don't feel nearly as confident uh, as I did about whether I'm going to make it to the goal line. Um, you know, the, my, the thought to me was, you know, I, I don't know if there's any more incentive about our on field success that I would need. If a Jaguar was 70 yards behind me, I can promise you, you're going to get every bit uh, of effort to get to that goal line.
1: I, th- I think what's missing in the equation is how big's the stake?
7: Yeah, well, I, I think. I think the steak is about 235 pounds right now cause I, you wouldn't need a steak on my back. I am the steak, I think, at that point. So uh, I uh, certainly uh, do do not. I'm, I'm glad that's a hypothetical situation. Uh, I, I've seen some videos of jaguars pulling, you know, crocodiles out of the water and things like that. So I, I, I can't imagine uh, that would be. That would be something you won't chase them behind you.
2: Kane Walmack joining us this morning at the opening kickoff. Coaches going into the first game always have concerns and question marks. What would yours be?
7: Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, you know, we, we do have a lot of returning talent, right? And, uh, and I think uh, I, I can say to the man, um, our, our, our players have, have improved individually. From last season to this season, uh, which is which is an encouragement. I mean, our 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 kind of challenge to our players in in 2023 is just to crank the dial up. You know, everybody's got a you know like a like a sauna, right? You know, uh, I, I gave them the example of of you get into a sauna, right? When you first walk in, it's really really hot and all of a sudden you get in there and you get acclimated to it and you can crank it up a little more and crank it up a little more and that's really what this team needs to be able to do you know we need to be able to crank the dial forward and up in our respective areas individually so that collectively we have a better football team and a better opportunity to to win games um, in a number of different ways and so I think the experience that we have my hope is that we'll come out and execute well on the front end of the season Um, certainly you're gonna to have to when you look at our schedule. This is uh, a much more challenging schedule than what we've had the first two years, um, particularly coming out of the gate. Uh, but uh, but you you hope that that the experience shows up and and that's certainly something that we have um, as you look at our roster right now.
2: Uh, when you go into your any game first game, especially, you hope you have all your manpower healthy. Did you come out of fall unscathed meaning are all the key players ready to go or are any going to be kept out of the first game
7: Yeah no that's uh, that that's you know one of the the hardest things to navigate right is is you got to get a team physically ready um you know for for fall camp um and uh and so you know to get them ready right you're going to have you know some bangs and bruises and all those kinds of things um and yet I think we're really fortunate um to be in a position where, where everybody's trending in the right direction going into game weight week. You know, we we lost um uh Ed Smith, a backup defensive lineman, um, is is going to have uh an ACL surgery going in this next week. Um that happened a couple of weeks ago. Um, and so he will not be with us in the twenty twenty three season. Uh but outside of him, um we will have everyone uh, ready for this first game. So uh, really, uh, I thought we navigated our fall camp really well. Uh, you know, credit to uh, to Matt Shadid, our assistant head coach, director of athletic performance, Daniel Fyron, our new um, head athletic trainer. I thought those guys did a really good job of getting us, um, you know, players back and ready to go. And then I think just the way that we're practicing and all those things, we we we
11: stayed pretty healthy this fall camp.
2: Kane, who's going to wear number five, the uh, infamous number that uh, has become a legend at South Alabama in that opening game.
7: Yeah. Uh Dev, Devin Voison, um, our wide receiver, uh, will will wear the number five jersey. You know, we we uh, I, I go ahead and in and, and the spring game and announce the, the number five jersey uh, uh in and for the first game uh against Tulane and, and did that with, with Devin. You know, Devin's obviously a uh, a twin on our team and his twin brother, you know, Jaden Voison led us in tackles. Devin Voison led us in receptions, uh unbelievable young men. Uh, and, and really just do things right on and off the field. Um, and so very proud of Devin and, and the work ethic that he puts in every single day. And I think Devin's a great representative of, of Anthony um, I You know, you think about listening to Coach Joey Jones talk about Anthony and the person that he was and what he meant to a brand-new program, right, that was, that was um, really just getting off the ground how important it was to have peer leadership. And Anthony really embodied that for our program, and so um, we're very proud um, to to hold that tradition uh, and carry that on for, for years to come.
2: Did you ever have difficulty in, in, in let's say, uh, with the voices, uh, getting them uh, mixed up, or could you tell right away which <laughs> one was which?
7: You know, uh, like, I don't know if... You know, I've got I've got friends. I've got a couple friends that are uh, twins, and um, you know, they're, it's like anything. Right at the beginning, you know, you're kind of just making sure that you don't say the wrong name or whatever. And then, you know, once you're once you're around them, it's it's so clear. I mean, obviously, you would look at them and they do look very similar. Uh, but you know, I, I'm never going to walk down the hallway and mistake one of them. You know, um, so uh, I think uh, you know we give we give them a hard time they give each other a hard time uh, you know they always are going to say the other one is uglier than they are you know and and all that so we have a good time with it but uh but truly I, when you know uh, i got to give a shout out to their parents i mean I, I they are they are incredible young men and they have an older brother Keon voicing that was here with us as well um in in 2021 and just all three great young men and and hopefully those those three boys that I have at the house, if I can, if I can get them anywhere close to the boys and boys, I will we'll be will be doing doing well at our house.
1: Kane, I don't know if you know this about me. I'm a twin also, but you'll never mistake me for my brother because, as my brother likes to point out, he cites the movie Twins, where they where they tell Danny DeVito that he's all the stuff left over, and they didn't use that word. Uh, he likes to he <laughs> likes to describe me in that way, so that that shouldn't be a problem moving forward.
11: There you go. Oh,
7: that's
10: good. Yeah.
1: Kane, in addition to fall, let's get away from fall practice. Uh what'd you do
2: this summer? Do you vacation anywhere? Do anything to get away?
10: Yeah.
7: Uh you know, we uh uh we we do um some things. Uh we, we love staying in this area, to be honest with you. We we really enjoy going down to Dolphin Island. Uh we, we go down to the Grand Hotel quite a bit, um and, and try to do that. In fact, our whole staff, we went down there with them and and took our staff down in, in uh, uh, whatever it was, late May, uh, to be able to uh, go down and kind of spend some time a little weekend together as a coaching staff and families and all that stuff. I think we took over the grand for, for a weekend there. Um, and then, uh, you know, Melissa and I always try to do something to get away, um, but, uh, you know, enjoyed that time very much and 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 it's nice to be able to do that because in the coaching profession you know there's times where uh you 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 take a breath and you don't come up for air for quite a while and that's certainly the 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 period that we're entering into and so nice to think about those things but uh pretty pretty mission focused right now on on what we're getting ready to do
1: so no cold play blaring right now like it was down at the grand
11: uh Coldplay you yeah. said
1: Yeah yeah I
11: mean I uh, uh, I
1: I read on i um, it was on the internet so it's got to be true the Sunbelt coaches oh, had their favorite musical artist my,
7: You know my fa yeah uh, Coldplay is I I'm a big Coldplay fan um in fact it was a dream to to go uh to a concert um I, I'm not really a concert guy I've not done that much um but uh, but certainly I'm going to try to do it moving forward. Uh, now I, I, a year ago I actually went with Matt Shadid, our assistant head coach. Him and I did a kind of a fun trip, and and both are Coldplay fans, and so we went to a concert in Atlanta, and uh, we did it up, you know, did it up big. We went, you know, front row seats and the whole thing, and and uh, absolutely fell in love with 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 the concert, uh, uh, life and all that stuff and experience. Um, and then, you know, I've just always been a cold cold play fan. It started out. I, I started putting on their concerts whenever I would, uh, put my call sheet together on Thursdays as a defensive coordinator <laughs> way back when I was <laughs> at Eastern Illinois. Uh, and, uh, and so, but I'd never seen them live. And so I got to do that last year. That was really cool.
1: Uh, before we let you go, I, I failed to mention this earlier, but as you know, we have Richie Riley on every uh, week with us. Uh, he loves him some college football. I don't know if you know this. He's got a little play calling experience. He he He's the quarterback and play caller for his kids flag football team. So if you're looking for some different dynamic or just a different perspective, I encourage you to hit him up.
7: Yeah, I, I did. Uh, you know, his his sons are are tremendous young men, Reese and Rocco and, and they uh you know, they, they're we, we actually played golf with them this summer. Uh his boys are, are into golf and yeah. and so are mine, and so we went out and played a little bit. Um, but uh man, I tell you what, every time I'm around Richie Riley I think, man, you He should have been a football coach you know he's he's just he's got it man he's got the passion for it and all that stuff and certainly you see it on the basketball court and and of course i'm joking when i say that he should have been a football coach he is he's in the perfect position for for who he is and, and what he does um but he really loves college football and uh and has come to our practices and been around the team, and he always asks really insightful questions. I mean, he he knows what he's talking about, uh, and it's it's pretty fun to be able to talk some ball with him because he he gets he gets pretty fired
0: up. Kane,
1: okay, great stuff, man. Hey, best of luck. I know people are really excited about the upcoming game. It'll be right there on ESPNU for those that can't make the trip over. But uh, best of luck. We'll be in touch.
7: Okay, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Jay's up and Elio.
1: That's uh kane womack ladies and gentlemen the south alabama football coach tulane at tulane this saturday the season opener it's gonna be a wild one it's gonna be a lot of fun come back we'll wrap up hour number two roger hoover and will herring alabama and auburn will uh, join us uh in hour number three along with john ruchetti the millite golf report it's the opening kickoff stay with us right here on sports station wnsp
0: This is
10: Stuart Sink from the PGA Tour. You're listening to WNFB Sports Radio and Mobile.
2: All right, uh, this is the uh, second hour, finishing up the second hour, of the opening kickoff. What a, what a week, huh? I'm getting ready for game week, Alabama-Auburn. That's coming up in the next hour. You just heard from Kane Womack, South Alabama uh, football coach on the Tulane game, which will be televised on ESPNU. And I did want to, again, thank uh, Mobile Oral and Facial Surgery. We'll be out at two locations this week. We'll be at Williamson on Thursday, and on Friday, we'll be out at St. Paul's do want to thank Dr. Christopher Mullenix and remind you that he and Dr. Aaron Wallander perform a range of surgeries from dental implants, wisdom teeth, jaw surgery, and much, much more. No referral needed. I certainly recommend them. Been there many times, had many dental implants, so I think I have a pretty good idea of what to expect. And I'll tell you what, the anxiety I felt going in dissipated quickly because the staff is very friendly and very personable. You know what to expect after the x-rays into that dental chair, and then 30 minutes later after a blissful sleep, it's home and no pain the next day. Very little discomfort, but no pain to talk of. Tell you what, if you uh, have an, a need for any kind of oral surgery, you might want to give them a call, 471-3381, and they're located at 715 Downtowner Boulevard.
1: All right, guys, we got some time you want to jump in, 694-1055. Uh, we haven't talked about this in this hour. We're getting a lot of questions about the— um, The issue over the weekend in high school football with the uh, Blunt-Viger game. As it's being reported, there was a fight between Blunt students, fans, whatever, in the bathroom on the Blunt side. It spilled out into the concourse, and people kind of freaked out. Uh, Players hit the ground people started leaving the stands like running out like i think everybody assumed it was something bigger than it was that's that's the story i wasn't there i don't know why you're starting a fight in the bathroom someone took the last stall couldn't spare a square whatever i could tell you this i've been to lad bathroom's the last place i want to be for anything um but that's that's the way it it went but uh, a scary moment. I think people didn't realize what was going on and assumed the very worst. Fortunately, uh, that was not the case. It was uh, it was just a fight.
2: Yeah, and there was security beefed up, so that certainly was not an issue. The release was sent out by the Mobile County Public School System that they would have beefed up security. So apparently, cooler heads did prevail as far as leaders being there to. But this try is
1: to but this is where we are, right? Where a fight, while shouldn't be the norm and it shouldn't be tolerated that when a fight breaks out at Lad, now everybody's assuming that it's the worst case scenario and they're ducking for cover. Um, anyway, Viger won the game 26-6. to six. There were no further disruptions. That was it, but a scary moment. Uh, everybody said all the right things after. Who knows what they were fighting about. And I, what, Can we just hope that on a lighter note that That fight started in the bathroom, and they didn't say, hey, let's go to the bathroom to fight? Because that would have just been weird, right? I mean, there you are just trying to do your business, and all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose. I'm like, guys, move over. I'm just trying to finish my job over here.
2: Again, not being there, who knows? But maybe there was some pushing and shoving, trying to get into line. Somebody stepped ahead of somebody else. You just never know.
1: No, I'm thinking this kind of spilled over. I I, I don't think this is actually about using the restroom. Lee, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say it probably— issue anyway those were just blunt guys it wasn't even blunt versus LaFleur so whatever you guys wanted to know there's our take
2: and that was the game that was originally scheduled to be played at Viger's new stadium and to be their first home game at the brand new stadium but because of uh trying to you know beef up revenue and things like that they they listed in the uh, story about what 12 to 13,000 which would have been I think capacity at Viger, I'm guessing I don't even know
1: would have been what three, four thousand maybe. Uh, so it's it's three and some change, I think. but I get it, but that's the whole point. That's the whole reason you have your stadium is to have those huge games on on campus, man. You want the fences lined with people watching. I get it. It's hard to pass up the gate for thirteen thousand people. so i'm not I'm not hating on them for that, but man, you got your own stadium. It's a huge game. You want that game at your place. LaFleur comes to mind as, and I'm trying to think of.
2: Davidson had a jamboree. They did not have a regular season game to initiate their new stadium. LaFleur, to my knowledge, was the only one that did open up with the new stadium. They won big. Uh, credit them. Uh, they won big as they beat Chickasaw. So uh, let's see, let's see. Williamson Stadium's not even under construction yet. Uh, Viagra, of course, their stadium is done, but they moved the game to um, Lad People Stadium. I'm trying to think. Uh, was there anybody else that would have opened our new stadiums? I
1: don't know. How's that for in-depth response? <laughs> yeah, that
2: tells it all, doesn't it? I guess not.
1: <laughs> all right, hour number two is in the books. Here comes hour number three. We'll kick things off with Roger Hoover, the Alabama Sports Network. Uh, John Ricchetti, the Mill Light Golf Report, at 820. And Will Herring from the Auburn Sports Network at 830. Back to back to back here on a busy Monday edition. Keep those comments in the app rolling at WNSP.com. It's the opening kickoff. Mark High, I'm Lee Trevanian, and Michael Bronner right here on the Sports Station WNSP. All right, 8.05, hour number three. Thanks for hanging with us on this Monday edition. I'm Mark I, I'm Lee Trevaney and Michael Bronner with you here on the sports station, WNSP. Alabama
2: opens up this coming Saturday against Middle Tennessee. And on the line with us right now, Roger Hoover with the Alabama Radio Network. Of course, uh, he's a fixture on the uh, broadcast. Roger, good morning. How you doing? Good morning, Luke. Mo-
4: Uh, mark and lee it's great to be with you guys again and yes it's finally game week i'm glad we can finally talk about some football for the alabama crimson tide it's great to be with you before
2: we get into your thoughts on the alabama crimson tide and we may have some listeners here who are not familiar with all that takes place with the network what do you have in store i believe what you'll take the air what around three o'clock am i right on saturday
4: Yeah, 3.30 coming up on Saturday. Uh, We always have three hours of pregame coverage uh, regardless when kickoff is, so we'll be hitting the air at 3.30. Really excited to uh, have Corey Reamer back with me in the first hour of the pregame show. Uh, Former Crimson Tide linebacker will be breaking some things down and then we'll have some uh, great content from all throughout the shows we do throughout the week on uh, the Crimson Tide Sports Network social media channels, Crimson Drive, driven by NASCAR. That show runs twice a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 2 p.m. and we'll have some interviews uh, from that show uh, as part of our pregame coverage uh, talking with the voice of the Blue Raiders uh, Chip Walters, and Greg McElroy is going to join us to give us some thoughts on this matchup uh, for the next, actually a couple weeks, Greg will be with us as part of the pregame show as well, so uh, we're really excited again uh, we got the gang back together uh, with Eli and Chris uh, set to go in the booth and uh, we're just going to really have a fun season on the Crimson Tide Sports Network.
2: Somebody you've worked with too mm-hmm. on the uh, Alabama Radio Network, Tyler Watts, who's into the broadcast booth. Talk about that and what do you think he brings to the
4: table? Tyler's outstanding. Uh, the way he can break down a game is remarkable. And uh, a few years ago, uh, before I joined the football broadcast, in an official role on pre and post game with Tyler, uh, during the game, he and I set up uh, basically a card table on the photo deck and called the game into my recorder to help me get some play by play reps. And he was my analyst, uh, as we called nearly every home game for the 2018 season. Again, just into my recorder on my computer. And uh, I was just blown away with how great he was in analysis. I remember watching him on some of the pay-per-view games and uh, the playback games uh, years ago on CSS. So, you know, he's somebody that knows football. You know, he sees the game like a quarterback, and he keeps joking, like, man, the game has changed so much since I played 20 years ago. But, I mean, he knows football so well, and I think he in the booth, Christian Miller on the field, are really going to play well off each other. Uh, Christian Miller is our outstanding sideline reporter who uh, is not too far removed from his playing days, both in the NFL and with the Crimson Tide. He was part of that Great national championship team in 2017. So you know, being around Eli, uh, Tyler, and Christian during the uh, scrimmages we worked uh, is great to hear all of them. Really get to work together, and I think fans are going to love our broadcast this year.
2: Today, I believe Nick Saban releases a depth chart, which I know he's thrilled about. Uh, what do you ha- expect? Any real surprises? Maybe start with the quarterback position.
4: I think the quarterback position will either be Jalen Milroe, Ty Simpson, Tyler Buckner, Dylan Lonergan, or Eli Holstein. I think it's probably going to be one of all five will be listed. Uh, in what order? I have no idea. Uh, the rest of the depth chart, uh, I think it'll look uh, pretty much what Alabama fans uh, come to expect. I think there really won't be too many surprises there. I, I am interested to see what it looks like at wide receiver, just to kind of see what some of the order might be there. But again, I think you're going to see uh, – the two words and or or a lot on that depth chart. Uh, and hopefully, Alabama is able to play nearly everybody that's printed on that sheet of paper uh, on both offense and defense hopefully they're all able to get some reps uh, against middle tennessee this week obviously want to take care of business get that win and then it'll be really interesting to see beyond that kind of who's on the field against texas especially if the game is close in the fourth quarter i think that's really when alabama's depth chart is revealed uh, not necessarily today on august 28th
2: let me ask you this what impressed you about alabama let's say in the practice sessions you got a chance to see them
4: I think the defense, first and foremost, uh, it feels like a throwback Alabama defense to me, and maybe part of that is with Kevin Steele being back uh, for his third stint as defensive coordinator for the Crimson Tide, but I uh, just looked at a defensive line that was extremely strong uh, with Justin Boyd Tim Smith, Tim Keenan, Jaheim Otis, uh, Jamarian Latham. I mean, there's nowhere to go for running backs trying to run against this defensive line. Linebackers looked really impressive. Uh, Deontay Lawson and maybe an upgrade uh, for what Alabama has had in the past, at middle linebacker, no disrespect to Henry Toho Toe, but Deontay Lawson looked physical. He looked like he had the defense really organized in a good way. And then on the edge rush, uh, Dallas Turner, Chris Braswell were already doing a lot of good things. Uh, yes, it is difficult to uh, adjust to life without Will Anderson Jr., but those guys played really well. And then I think the secondary improved. I think Terry Arnold and Kool Aid McKinstry are much better than they were a year ago at cornerback. And then I think uh, having Caleb Downs, one of the safeties, an uh, outstanding freshman. Uh, And we'll see how he plays uh, going up against some other competitions. So far everything we've seen from Caleb has been against Alabama in either the spring or the preseason camp, but he has looked as good as can be at the safety spot. So I think the defense more than anything stands out to me. And then the offensive line is much more physical. Looks like they're getting a better push up front. uh, And that's even against some of Alabama's uh, first-string defensive line, which is a really encouraging sign there. I think Crimson Tide are going to be able to run the football pretty effectively, and I think use the passing game uh, when it makes sense, but I just think fans are going to like watching this team, Uh, and I think it starts with the defense. I think it it kind of brings back that um, early Saban era feel of a defense and how physical they can play, and I think the offense is going to spend a lot of time on the field because I don't see many teams being able to string together long drives against this defense, and that was something we didn't really see in the last few years.
2: So to the average fan, let's put myself in that category. Will, when I'm watching, will I see much of a difference in the game plan offensively what with the changing uh, coordinators?
4: Uh, You probably will at some point, uh, and no one really knows how that's going to be revealed, and we may not even learn very much on Saturday uh, against Middle Tennessee with how it's going to look. Uh, Obviously with Bryce Young uh, being the quarterback, Bill O'Brien being the offensive coordinator, uh, and there were some other different skill players from your kids kind of had a different game compared to some of the running backs Alabama has in that room this year. Uh, So it'll be uh, really to be determined how those guys look and how they play uh, coming up this season, but uh, I I think probably again we're not going to learn too much this week it'll mostly be in the texas game to see you know is alabama going to run the football a lot more could there be more eye formation or quarterback under center i think a lot of those questions will get answered uh coming up in two weeks
1: roger great stuff as always man we appreciate you hopping aboard here at wnsp have a great week Uh, enjoy the game and we'll be in touch
0: absolutely
4: thank you guys
1: that's roger hoover ladies and gentlemen um we got a couple minutes if you want to jump in at 694-1055. Got a bunch of stories we've been kind of watching. I know you guys are uh, talking about uh, Rush Probst. He has managed to find himself uh, in the headlines again despite, um, I guess, his best efforts not to be. Dude threw his headset at his own kid (laughs) a football game it sounds like in major league when bob Bucher's like this guy threw his own kid at a father-son baseball game now he threw his headset uh there was a fight there were tempers there was a personal foul on the other team i think guys were getting ready to go off the sidelines to to get after it and well he decided he was going to take matters in his own hand and took off his headset and threw it at his kid who was wearing a helmet not that that matters i guess it does matter but um his he was asked about it, and his reaction is pretty much ru- Rush, which is, he's my kid. I'll discipline him the way I want to discipline him. I'm paraphrasing, but was the kid uh, quoted? I
2: That's don't think what so. I'd like to see. I like to yeah. see his
1: quote. And, and and uh
2: so yeah, Rush is. He's got the fire in his stomach, in
1: his belly. Uh, he's back. The the headset was ruined, obviously. So he he threw it with a pretty good amount of force. Um. Is it the worst thing he's ever done? No, but anything anything Rush does is going to get magnified a thousand percent. And I'm here for it. I mean, get your popcorn ready. I mean, this is what this is what you and nobody at that school should be surprised. This is what you signed up for when you hired Rush Probst. You knew this was going to happen, in so, something like this, even the smallest of instance, you you can't throw anything at a kid. I don't care if he's got a helmet on or not. You just can't do it. That's what I'm saying. Would it have been better or worse had he tried to literally tackle the kid or fling him back from going out on the sideline? You know, because those guys will get out there and they'll push their guys back. What would have happened if he grabbed him by the face mask and threw him? I mean, they might have arrested him right there on the spot.
2: If there was... uh there's a, isn't there a rule, though, in, in the high school about kids leaving the sideline? If you yeah. come, you get suspended or something like I that. I don't
1: know what the... Uh, but, yeah, there's a rule. You can't leave the sideline.
2: You can't leave so the So he's just trying to prevent his son from getting suspended. Trying to help his son out. By throwing a headset at him. Whatever <laughs> it takes. All right. I guess... His son a, should thank him. I guess it's a good thing he only had the headset to throw.
1: I mean, imagine I if my, he had, had a clipboard or...
2: Yeah, not, well, that's true. I, not, not that it matters, but is is this. His son a starter, or does he see a lot of action? I don't know anything about uh His, I mean, he's got older older sons that I think coached with
1: him. Yeah, uh, I'll have to do some research. I think is I think his name is John David Probst. Did I read that correctly? Yeah, John David Probst. And Probst's wife was on the sidelines during the game. She yeah, serves she director as the of, uh, secretary and nutritionist. Yeah. <laughs>
2: That's so would have been better if she had
1: thrown anything instead. Yeah, I don't know. Or if she would have gone after Rush. That would have been better. Oh yeah. With carrot sticks, I don't know what what is the nutritionist doing on the sidelines? Orange slices. Yeah, that's probably better. Orange slices and protein shakes. It's ridiculous.
2: Wait until he gets his first win there.
1: Probes quote he knows better than to do some stupid stuff i got mad at him but he's mine i'll discipline i'll discipline him come sunday but there's just things you can't do you know yeah like throw your headset at a kid it's football and he's a football player and he knows better bro check the mirror all right scoreboard traffic and weather rush is the gift that keeps on giving all year round When we come back, John Ricchetti will join us. The Mill Light Golf Report. Continue with your comments in the app at WNSP.com. The opening kickoff right here on the sports station. WNSP and online at WNSP.com. Don't go
9: anywhere. Hey, this is Dabo Sweeney. You're listening to WNSP 105.5.
1: twenty four. Welcome back in. The opening kickoff just rolling along
2: here in hour number three. Johnny Ricchetti uh is on the line with us right now with the Miller Lite Golf Report. And Johnny, is there a hotter golfer on the planet other than Victor hovland
11: Yeah, you know, I tell you what, boy, he's playing good, isn't he? That's what's that back to back. I mean, six sixty-three yesterday, and I mean he just played some superb golf all the way through and uh you know, even though some guys, uh Xander Zoffley was making some charges, a couple of guys just at the end of the day, they just couldn't catch this guy. Uh he's like like he said, he's hot, he's playing great. Uh it's gonna be uh he is gonna be a force come rider cup on the European team for sure. So congratulations to Victor Hovland as he is your FedEx Cup twenty twenty three champion and a whopping eighteen million dollars to go along with the hardware. So uh played some really Played some really, really good golf. So uh, we'll keep an eye on. We you know we'll keep an eye on this, and uh, as the P J Tour will be shut down now, I guess for a couple of weeks as uh, they get their fall series. And obviously,
2: Johnny, you still there?
11: Uh, Zach, yeah. Uh, I said you got me.
2: Yeah, we. Well, I hear you now. Uh, we lost I, you a few seconds. Oh, I
11: don't know. Uh, anyways but uh, all eyes are going to be in atlanta tomorrow uh you got the you know zach johnson is going to be making his final six picks tomorrow i believe at 10 o'clock our time i believe uh will be announced his final six picks on who will be representing the united states in the Ryder cup come uh, at the end of september in rome italy so big that's going to be the big news i'm looking i'm very curious. Uh, I know I've had a lot of questions in the last 48 hours about who's going to be on that team and so forth and uh, just waiting to see. And, uh, you know, Brooks Kepka's on that team, which I think he will be uh, on that team. He did finish seventh, but, you know, he got other big elephants in the room. Justin Thomas, uh, Sam Burns, Lucas Glover played well too. So uh, there's some big decisions to be made by Zach Johnson here in the next uh 24 hours so we'll break that all down tonight at uh, terry thompson chevrolet we'll have a complete recap of the world of golf and also break down the Ryder Cup. zach johnson selections tomorrow hey
1: thanks john we appreciate it man have a good show uh, all right guys take care you guys have uh reacted to the rush probes uh topic in the app i would have done the same thing or at least snatched his ass up if i was rush rush is probably getting old and catch can't run like he used to. Only way to catch him was to throw something. Uh I was not saying it's okay, but there were times that my dad would have thrown his headset at me if I if he were my coach. Uh someone's chanting DHR. Um so here's the thing though. Do you is there a certain um can you can you coach your own kid or discipline your own kid different than the rest of the team if it's all if they're all on the same team? Is I there a certain level of expectation or more that you can get away with if it's your own kid?
2: Well, you have more experience in that than I do, but I would think, yeah, I think most coaches say you, you don't coach everybody the same.
1: You don't, but you can't. What I'm saying is, can you? would it have been different if he threw a headset at somebody that wasn't his kid? That like, might. do we give him a little bit more of a pass because it's his kid for those that give him a pass? Well, you coach, you tell us. I never threw anything at anybody as far as you know. As far as
2: I know, yeah. but did you? Did you fire your clipboard down a few times? No.
3: This is a nothing burger, man. A nothing? Nothing burger? Nothing. Nothing. Nah. It
1: is because it's Rush, Yeah, He was rushed, wearing a
2: though. helmet. Yeah, that's, you brought up the best point. So what if, if he wasn't wearing rushed. a helmet?
3: Oh, well. But if <laughs> it wasn't Rush, hurt.
2: if it wasn't Rush, if it was just uh, another coach, yeah, would we, this be we, still a story? We
3: wouldn't be talking about it right no. now, that's no. for sure. not at all. But if – so – so the
1: act, the act itself, isn't the issue. It's all the aye, other, aye. all the other details surrounding it. It's not that he threw something. It was that the kid was wearing a helmet. It's not that it was a player. It was his kid. I mean, and it's not that it was a coach. It was Rush Probst.
3: I don't have an issue with any of it. So, so
1: if if it was just some random coach throwing his headset at a kid, you wouldn't have had an issue with it. No
3: harm, no foul. What if what if what if dude like threw it? fell at his feet he tripped over the headset and blew out his acl well then we might have to have a separate conversation at that point did that happen we're looking into
1: it <laughs> no his acl is strong because his mom is the nutritionist and well, and stuff like that so i think we're fine yeah we're all good uh we'll turn our attention to auburn will herring will join us next right here on the sports station wnsp and wnsp.com stay with us Welcome back in. The opening kickoff rolling along here on a Monday edition. Thanks for hanging with us. Former Auburn linebacker,
2: and also he played safety and at one time held the record uh, 49 consecutive starts. That's Will Herring. He's on with us right now. He has joined the Auburn Radio Network and will be calling plays or at least uh, giving analysis on the sideline. Will, thanks for joining us. Good morning. How are you today? man i'm doing great
9: war eagle good morning
2: good morning so first of all what are you doing these days besides besides being on the auburn radio network what keeps you busy
9: well um i like to say i'm a full-time flag football coach for my eight-year-old flag football team um two years ago we won the league last year not so much Mm. so I'm, i'm kind of feeling the pressure right now but between coaching my, my, my young man and my daughters in a couple of sports, uh, I work for a, a mortgage company called CMG Home Loans. So I help folks um, get into their house, walk them through the mortgage process. Um, it's an awesome, um, awesome job, very gratifying, just just serving others. And we've got a great team here um, in Auburn. Of course, we, we take care of folks all over the state of Alabama, Georgia, and Tennessee.
1: So, so back up a little bit because you know as well as we do that the easy part's getting to the top. It's maintaining that level of excellence, Will, at the flag football level that's really tough. Are, are people calling for your head, or do you have a vote of confidence from the athletic director? What's going on?
9: Well, you know, I gave my old teammate Mike Goggins a hard time. He, Mike and I played it all, but he was a tight end from Alex City. And it probably goes back to our rivalry when I was up like and he was at Alex City. But he Mike Goggins is now the, the league director. And so the, the computers disperse the talent and I'm not pointing any fingers, Goggins, but I, I <laughs> felt like I got the shorthand of the stick last year. But we'll we'll see. Um, you know, but you're absolutely right. Maintaining success is yeah. way harder than than achieving success no doubt
1: now are you uh are you th- in that age are you th- also the quarterback or are you just calling the
9: plays no you're calling the plays it's it's flag football the kids are uh the kids are quarterbacking it you know it's it's a it was a last year and the year before they were run heavy run heavy leagues <laughs> a few passes <laughs> there's some quirky rules there's some no no run zones that you've got to throw it in so you learn to play with the rules you've got to 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 play within. This year now now instead of uh, uh, six and seven, it's he's bumped up Isaiah's eight. So uh, we're looking forward to it. It's an eight nine year old league. They have they have tackle football as well. I'm just I'm holding I've, I've convinced him to sit out another year, and so we're going we're gonna play flag at least one more year.
2: Will Herring, a member of the uh, Auburn Radio Network. Now, we talked to Ronnie Brown, who's also going to be a sideline reporter. Are both of you going to be on the field at the same time during a broadcast, or are you just alternating?
9: We're going to primarily alternate. You know, Ronnie's got several youngins now as well. They're playing ball on the weekends sometimes, and um, he, he just, being, being in Atlanta, um, you know, a 12-week commitment was a little more than he could bite off. And, and honestly, the same thing for me. He talked about how much fun it was, just the excitement being around the, the radio team, obviously the football team, the road trips. And so they came to me with, with, with the idea of, of filling in for Ronnie and just just kind of collaborating as a group. We just decided, man, like we both, we both um, are excited about the job. Uh, but we'll be alternating. You know, that'll give him a little flexibility. That gives me and my family a little flexibility. But, man, I'm excited. There's never there, – there couldn't be a more exciting time to be be joining joining the team and, and, and getting, getting close to the program than right now.
2: From what you've seen so far at practice sessions and so forth, what impresses you about this Auburn team, and what are your expectations?
9: You know, I – Everybody's got mixed emotions about NIL and the transfer portal. Okay, again, I mentioned it in flag football. You you just play within the rules you've been given. Um, with that being said, I, 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 our program and where we are, and, and and Coach Freeze coming in, the the transfer portal, and I'll even say the NIL, getting organized on that front. That's been it. Couldn't have happened at a better time in terms of, of, of bringing in some, some new talent, some new leaders, some guys that have proven themselves at other places. And and I'm excited about, about, about several additions. Um, being a defensive guy, um, I'm looking at the defensive side of the ball. Everybody knows championships are won in the trenches, and it all starts up front. Your linebackers are, are only as good as your front four in front of you. Uh, Marcus Harris. Um, his name continues to surface. He's a guy that's been here for for, for quite a few years, and, and I'm excited to see Marcus excel now that he's got a little more talent and some newcomers coming alongside him. Jason Jones, the guy from from Oregon, he's a big, big body. He's a six-six guy. I mean, that's that's unusually tall for for an interior D lineman guy. He's 340 pounds. I mean, he's a monster. If you see him in person, you're like, holy cow, this guy looks like a an you know an adolescent grizzly bear. Um, and then off the edge, you know, like I mean that we, we've, I think Auburn, um, one of our Achilles' heel just over the last, I'd say five years it is finding that, that edge guy, you know, the guy that can win the one on ones, and, and they keep talking about Jalen McCloud, a quick twitch guy, he's transferred over from App State, and he went off on A and M last year, um, and that was obviously at A and M, you know, crowd noise is not a factor when you're when you're playing on the road like Jalen was. You know, to come in Jordan Hare with the crowd noise where where the offense cannot hear the snap count and it's all visual, that that's such an advantage for a pass rusher off the edge with the speed of somebody like Jalen. Um Steven Sings is another guy. I'm excited to see what he's got. Um we got our young baby, Keldrick Faulk. He's uh, he he's he's again just, just a, a huge, huge frame, six six, two seventy, 270, two seventy five, somewhere in there. Um, he's a guy that's probably got, got some got some maturing to do. When you're that big and that long, um, you're you're still a little awkward when you're 18 years old. Um, but but they've got him. They've got him in the rotation. Um, he was a I don't know four or five star coming in. Just just he's got his upside is tremendous. So so really I'm I'm focusing on the front four. Like if we stop the run, then we're going to win some ball games um, offensively. I mean we it, it's it's. There may be more shakeup on the offense, on the O-line side of the ball, and I'm super excited about the O-line. But defensively, if we can stop the run, our defense is going to play well. The guys on the outside, Pritchett and and DJ, DJ James, those are two corners that have a really good chance of playing on Sunday. So if you've got guys that can lock down man-to-man um, and, and and give uh, give our pass rush a little time to get the quarterback, if, again, if, if these interior guys can hold down the, 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 the front, the, you know, the, the, the run game and get the passer, um, I'm I'm very, very optimistic about what, what the team has in store.
2: Let me ask you this, Will. Uh, the team they're facing Saturday actually ended a 24-game road losing streak. Massachusetts, they won. But in any, let's say, rankings, in most rankings, the University of Massachusetts is ranked last in FBS, like at 133. Going back in your career, I'd like to get your mindset on when you took the field against a team like that, and just how motivated were you?
9: You know, I I would say for me personally that that and and, and maybe maybe the coaching staff would agree with me. It can, it can definitely be a challenge when you when you get a few wins under your belt. Um, you know, you've 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 got an LSU or Georgia looming a week or two away, but right now, like, let's be honest like like these guys have everything in the world to play for. Jason Jones, love him, tremendous potential. He's trying to prove that that Auburn, he's trying to prove to his coaching staff and his teammates that 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 they made the right decision by 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 acquiring him and getting him here and bringing him in. Um, and he's one of Half the, the starters on on defense, so I don't think that's going to be a, a challenge as far as getting up for this first game. I think a, a greater challenge is going to be, um, you know, playing together, playing within the, the scheme um, on offense. Timing is so important. I think for a lot of these guys, they've never played in front of eighty-seven thousand people. So, so, so just just settling down and playing football. Um, I think that's going to be the bigger challenge is is coming in and just doing what you've been coached to do. Um, we we're a more talented team, and uh, but but also we've got a whole lot more moving parts. Probably they they've got a lot less experience playing together, so I do expect there to be some some tremendous areas of improvement when we look back after the UMass game.
2: Also, I'd ask you uh, as far as preparing as a sideline reporter, do you almost feel this? The, the nerves going as far as your first game starting at Auburn as you did or uh, comparisons to uh, being the sideline reporter for the first time in a game?
9: That's a good question. You know, there's, life has its, its uh, handful of distractions. And, and a college kid that's 18, 19, 20 years old has, has different distractions than a husband and a father of four. So I've got, I've got a handful of distractions as well. Obviously, I'm. I'm. Uh, I love the game. Uh, I live here in Auburn. I'm around the guys, and and I'm still trying to get to know them. Um, I, I do understand the defensive side of the ball, um, and so honestly, like I haven't felt nervous yet. Maybe that. Maybe that'll change when I get to uh, get to Saturday. I think. I think more than anything, it's just going to be you know a level of excitement that I probably hadn't felt in a while, just being that close to the action. Ronnie's going to call the first game, and I'm going I'm going to follow him around and kind of learn the the ins and outs. Uh, most importantly, where's the Chick Fil A sandwich stash at half? Because you know that's you know little things like that, important nuances of of the of the job are are things that I'm I'm I, I have you know a lot to learn still.
2: From what you've seen, is Hugh Freeze the guy to get it done for Auburn?
9: He's the guy. Yes, sir
1: hey man we appreciate the time uh congratulations on the new gig we look forward to hearing you and uh we look forward to having you back on soon
4: yes sir thank y'all for having me absolutely
1: well airing, ladies and gentlemen auburn radio network all right one final segment you guys can jump in uh six nine four one oh five five we will uh, give you a sneak peek into tomorrow's show as well one of us because it's game week has decided you know what and take a little vacation it's not me. Not the team player we thought. Mm-mm-mm. Is it you? I guess you're going to have to find out. Mm. You have to wait. Yeah, I guess you're going to have to find out. It didn't make a whole lot of sense. You're going to have to find out after the break is what I meant. See, I'm ar- my mind's already on vacation. Stay with us.
10: This is Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Senior Bowl. You're listening to WNFC 105.5. And
1: then you have
0: to eat your lunch all by yourself. I'm
1: gone. All right, one final segment. Oh, and that song has a different meaning today. One of us will not be here tomorrow eating our lunch all by ourselves hmm which one of us here on game week looked at the calendar and said this is a perfect time to get away right here lee Shravanian. well i heard the team player heard kane talking
2: about the grand hotel so i said why not
1: yeah you should have seen him booking it on his iphone right there at the break it was pretty impressive actually using your passport lee <laughs> <laughs> if you think that'll help we it, it certainly uh yeah we we actually
2: finally got our passports because we were supposed to take a trip to europe which we're not so we'll use it to go to the grand hotel excellent anything to get through that tunnel yeah
3: you should have seen what happened on thursday lee when i was trying to get over to spanish fort big accident on the bayway i i really almost didn't make it i had to drive in the shoulder for about yeah, almost a mile.
1: So Lee, it's been hot as blazes. Not a not a not a rain cloud in sight for weeks. What's the uh, what's the forecast this week when you go on vacation? Rain, lightning.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's going to help me with their uh, hot tub down there, but yeah. So all summer weather looks great. Any yep. any week. So One day I day of rain in August. So I've picked uh, a terrific time to get away. It's it's yeah. always it's like coinciding with my efforts to get to Europe. All right,
1: so. What does that mean for us here at WNSP when Lee's away for the next three days? Well, you know what they say when the cat's away. So um, we will have a few guests, including, I might add, hear me out here, because I'm always looking for the the different kind of guest. Have you ever in your life heard of this combination? We will talk to a man who... Is a Catholic priest who is now doubling as a high school football official. We will talk about. I was, was kind of
2: worried when you said
1: Catholic priest. Yes, I was told yeah, that uh, yes, right. there's a certain topic that we <laughs> yes, can't discuss. I was really and <laughs> and my uh, response to that was, well, hell, that's my first three questions.
2: There, that it seems right up Mark's alley. Uh, Catholic so, priest, uh, Europe. Uh, yeah, we won't go there. And of course you brought up Spain earlier
3: in this show.
1: Right. Uh, those will not be topics that uh will be talked about, unfortunately.
3: Just got to get that out of the way now. And
1: it's not the same guy. It's totally different guy. I'm I'm thinking they wouldn't let that other guy actually officiate uh football <laughs> games.
2: Since he yeah. How's this language on the field as an official?
1: These are things we're going to get to. I I th- I mean other than the the color the the color of the uniforms being very similar, I mean, I'm asking him tough questions. I mean, how how does he, how does would he feel if a team called for a Hail Mary at the end of the first half? This is a legitimate question I will ask.
2: You know, I, I thought it when I was watching that. Because uh, he's a Netflix. priest.
1: Get it? I got
2: it. Okay. Yeah, the Hail Mary. I got that one. Very good. I was thinking about that when I was watching the Urban Meyer and the Netflix and all that and all the cussing that was going on in the, the mouth of uh, – Urban Meyer, if uh, Tim Tebow ever asked him to tone it down a little bit. Yeah.
3: By the way, I, I, I'm i through three of those episodes now. It's been a slow burn. A lot of high school stuff Seriously. going on last week. <laughs> uh, I, you know, some of us had two high school games to uh. broadcast on Thursday and Friday. But anyway. As Justin uh, Timberlake would say, Crimea River. Yeah, Wrong. yeah. I'm not, you know, anyway. Crimea just explaining River. why I haven't finished it. Man, uh, it is Crimea. insufferable. I, like good guy, Urban Meyer, what the? I, I I don't even think I'm gonna watch the fourth episode. Yeah, you will. I don't. I really don't think I will. I, I feel talk. like I'm. I feel like I'm wasting my time. Have you gotten a BSU yet? No, I think I'm just gonna spend my time that would that be watching the fourth crazy. episode. I think I'll watch BSU. That dude is. I've been watching Showtime Lakers, which is really great.
1: I'm up to yeah, I'm up to date. I, I finished episode three of uh, season did, two, I the, the Larry Bird yeah. Yes, very good stuff. You missed out. You're gonna I get caught up on mind. your vacation when you're uh, you know over there with margaritas and senoritas over there in the hot tub, Lee. What am I gonna catch up to?
2: I don't uh, even know what
1: BSU. B- B- yeah.
3: Bishop Sycamores.
2: Well, well, I uh, hope I'm not. Well, first of all, I don't. I told you I don't have the uh, the network that gets that. Well, maybe I the Grand does.
1: I'm sure you got the Executive Suite or the Honeymoon Suite or whatever it is. You got all that Europe money you're throwing out. No, I know no, the last time. Well, you you travel, but no. We, usually, when you go to
2: these hotels, you get far less than what you have at the house. You know, as far as uh, streaming and things like that. So, I don't usually you get the basic twenty stations,
1: hmm. right? Yeah. Am I wrong? I don't know, man. You could pick up a Roku or. Something. Yeah, right, at the Grand Hotel. <laughs> Bring it with you. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that's what they have. That's why people go there to watch Roku. Whoa. Roku. I love Roku. Roku. Netflix. Netflix. It's like Hubert's little cousin. Yeah. Let, what, let's uh, take a vacation. So, so if and go you're not to... going to watch TV, Lee, what you going to do?
2: Hot tub, swimming, bicycling. Rain. Rain. You, so
1: so what's what are we doing if it's raining and you can't go outdoors? Netflix.
2: Probably drive Netflix. to Fairhope and Barbara
1: goes shopping. Hmm. That's what we did last time we went. It's a shame you can't do that uh, where you live in Mobile. Drive over to Fairhope and go shopping. All right. Well, maybe you can just tune in to WNSP.
3: Big show the next two days. Later. Ooh, yeah, big, big show. show. Big show.
1: It's going to be huge. Huge. Like the hot tub. Now you have your own private hot tub or is it going to be a dirty? No, no this is uh, the public? public one, public one. Well, I hope a fight doesn't start there. Last time we talked about a public entity. There was a fight at a high school game because all these kids went to a bathroom. Yeah. You're going to have to elbow your way for space in the hot tub? You're going to be drinking in the hot tub. Got to stay cool. Got to stay hydrated. It's happened.
3: Rum punches? I
1: was thinking rum. Rum punches? Uh, Slushy type drinks, yes. Will there be alcohol in those? It could be. Yeah, let's get it. Let's get it, Lee. Like I said, it's all
2: going to depend on the weather. You know what I'd really like well, you to do. you might but need I doubt? more
1: alcohol if it's raining.
2: You know what I'd like to try, but I doubt I will do it. Kayak. Come on, live a little. Should I?
1: Oh, yeah.
3: If you'd like to.
2: I'm not a very good swimmer. Well, stay in the
1: boat. <laughs> Ideally, that's not going to be an issue. What
2: if it tips over? Uh, or a
1: life I'm sure. Yeah, you got a life
3: jacket on. You shouldn't need it.
1: Now, what you have to be concerned about is if you and Miss Barbara go, and she's the one that throws you over, knowing you can't swim. Oh yeah. I think that
3: probably says a lot. Life jacket filled with sand. <laughs> yes, cement. <laughs> yes.
1: What a horrific way to go. Yeah, I sure picked a great week, didn't I? Lee's gonna. Have th- now Lee's not gonna be able to sleep the night before. He's gonna have nightmares, night terrors. Just been reading the weather reports, and it's got rain
3: every day this
2: week. We haven't had rain since when?
3: There's been one day of rain in August. I'm supposed to have a golf lesson tomorrow, Lee, too. So I might be in the same. Who's boat your teacher? As you. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to give free advertising like that. Man, eh, so. do
1: it. Nobody notices.
3: Gabby Ubre over at, uh, Heron Lakes. Okay. Hmm. Uh, but, you know. Am, am I the only one working this week? I just feel like... Well, I'll be here.
1: Okay. Well, you didn't say you were working. Yeah, you'd be here. Wow. Well, someone's gotta... Someone well, you being go. here is twice as much work as the last guy sure. was when he was sitting in that chair. Sure. All right, so uh tomorrow, I should probably tell you what's going on. I told you about uh our our priest friend. he'll be here it's uh well, he'll be by phone. Chris Buten is set to join us. He's actually uh was a former team chaplain here locally and works with the uh troy uh football team, so um he knows a little something about sports uh we'll also uh talk to Travis Ryer, and we might have another surprise or two. I know Roman harper. Uh, will join us on Wednesday. He and Cole Kublik uh, was announced earlier today by some writer at AL.com that they're starting the, uh, a new SEC Network uh, TV show Who published that story? Uh, that would be on AL.com.
3: Yeah, but which writer?
1: That would be Mark Heim.
3: <laughs> there you go.
1: Got the lowdown on that one. So we'll talk, nice. to, uh, we'll talk to him on Wednesday. But, uh, yeah, we're, it's game week, so we're looking forward to uh, getting that much closer. We might have a high school coach on just for Lee. Who's your favorite high school coach? We'll try to have him on while you're gone.
2: Well, I would never come on the station and tell you who the favorite is because— Just whisper it.
3: Whisper. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no one's listening to that. No, anymore. I
2: would never do that. No, I, I got too many local uh, high school coaches. All right, who's your least you know, favorite? I'll, let me I'll, I'll have him on. Go ba- I'll go back on this. You know, years ago, you know how they had the—they uh, they used to ask for the guest— analysis or people like local people to help out with their picks when we had the newspaper so they asked me to do that like i guess mike herndon asked me like oh and i said i don't really want to do this because i don't want to tick off because i did the i'd be out there doing games you don't want to
1: you're like kirk herb street you don't want to pick the games right
2: exactly well you and kirk are like this that i did it one time that didn't go so well (laughs) oh because you got them wrong or people were mad at oh, you. Oh, I don't care about getting them wrong, but you know, you have the coaches like, why did you pick that team over our team and coaches take this very seriously and they get very sensitive about it.
3: Mm.
2: So, so I should not
3: make I, any picks this this season? That's
2: you? up to you. I don't I tell th- you what to do.
3: But I, 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 I slide away accurate? from it. Does he not tell does he oh he, he tells us all what yeah, to have do? Have you seen this list of audio he gives me every
2: day? <laughs> <laughs> Question is, do you follow it?
3: Ah, like 70 percent of the seventy
2: percent.
1: Hmm. Well, that's a passing grade. All right, that does it for another edition of the opening kickoff uh for Mr. Bronner and Mr. Shravanian. The vacationing Lee Shurvanian. I'm Mark Marcom. We'll be back Sans Lee tomorrow at six. Until then, see ya!